Bright Suns, you're now listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast on the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. Punch it, Chewie! What have we here? Hello there. Morning, Senator. Greetings, my son. This is so wizard. We are the ones who guard the power. We are the middle. The beginning. <laughs> You're a feisty little one, but you'll soon learn some respect. So, this is where the fun begins. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is madness. What did Lisa say? Join the conversation with the Star Wars friends on social media at SW Friends Show. That's at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email the Star Wars friends at show at starwarsfriends.com if you have a comment or question you want us to read live on the show. Now, here are your hosts, the Star Wars Friends! Hey, what's happening, boys and girls of the internet world? My name is Christopher Meriden, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast on the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. I'm very hungry. It's the day before Thanksgiving. This is going to be a wild show. My brain's going a million miles per hour, and our pre-show went really wild. So we'll see where today's adventure goes. (laughs) Who's joining me today on tonight's episode? This is Josh, and I am very upset about the current state of things, and I think that it's about time the Mithril had a freaking name. Terry Mithril. Mm, Terry! (laughs) Terry Mithril! Hashtag Terry Mithril. You guys were like, where the fuck's he going with this? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> started off uh, you had us little, in the first half yes uh this is yeah <laughs> gripping my seat uh this is justin and uh i you know i saw an article that said the uh dark saber was one of the most dangerous toys what? of 2020 but i'm gonna disagree in this stormtrooper pin from celebration with this pointy jaggedy end vicious is the most dangerous like vibro blade Yes. Uh, this is Kyle, oh and in honor of the holiday, I'm thankful for you guys, my Star Wars hey. friends. Oh, thank Aww. you. Yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. Here. No, f- I just did that no, gill thing. What the? Oh, I made a mink. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, for real. Uh, thank you, Kyle. This is... Uh, yeah. The one thing that we haven't got a chance to talk about is that the Star Wars Friends officially made it over a year as a Star Wars podcast. And listen... This is this has happened in a, an era of COVID in in a really tough time, and we've released fifty six episodes in a year. We've done maybe a dozen extra live streams. We've got to interview incredible people in the Star Wars universe, not only creators, mm-hmm. authors, actors, but also people like us in the community. You know, podcast creators, uh, our friend Stephen Lynn, who's going to be joining us on this week's Razor Crest Reacts. A lot of good people. We've met friends all over the world. I know that mm-hmm. because of this show, we've met people across the world in australia new zealand united kingdom france we have people that listen to our show in south america we have people listen to our show in spain Um, i think star wars friends podcast is listened to in over 40 countries across the the world so 
this is really cool. Um, I only speak one is- language. That's insane. <laughs> well, they might be expats. I'm unilingual. You need to you need <laughs> right. to brush up on your hutties. Oh, that's true. Bit. There you go. Ooga, a little bit. Ooga, this ooga. is um, but this is crazy, man. I mean, we really started out this this podcast because we just like Star Wars, like many other podcasts I don't do. Like and, Star Wars. And I, it's all right. You don't. I no, love Star Wars. Ah, <laughs> but you know. It's a crowded field, and we want to just... I'm thankful for not only the co-hosts on the show who get to do this with me... And the listeners, I beat you to it. (laughs) All the listeners, right? (laughs) I'm way more thankful than Chris. I feel like he's sort of thankful. (laughs) You know, Chris, it's a crowded field, but as our Lord and Savior, the macho man Randy Savage says, the cream rises to the top. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Look, I almost spat on my expensive microphone, man. Watch it while I'm taking a drink. Uh, was it the impression uh, or was it that I called him our Lord and Savior? Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot going on in that sentence. This is, but this is cool. So we're one year into it. We're, we've done it in a COVID era. I know that we just recently had our, our good friends, the Galactic Pod, on our Razorcrest React show. And we talked a lot about what what is it going to look like after after COVID era, when everyone's got a vaccine and things get safe. And I can't wait. I know that we've talked about in this show. I can't wait to do a live show. I mean, that's really going to be, um, that's going to be a hallmark of our, of our podcast. I think with the, the opportunity to hang out in a room, maybe watch a movie and then do a live show with our friends. It's going to be incredible. So plans are in the works. That's all I can say. We're talking cities. (laughs) It's big. It's big. It's high level. We're talking cities. Uh, Vegas, baby. Yeah, <laughs> we're going all the way to Vegas. <laughs> is, is it Justin shooting that? No, we've all well, not besides the two of you that knew each other previously. We've all only seen each other in person one weekend, except for me seeing Chris one other time in Cleveland, and none of us have seen Maggie in person ever. It is weird. It's a little weird. little weird. Did Chris yeah. and did you and Justin get together one time? Yeah, since oh, celebration. Right. Oh, I've seen too? Justin quite yeah. a bit. Oh yeah, okay, oh, yeah. cool. Get down to Columbus and we hit up the big fun. Oh, we yeah. checked that out. We got pizza last time. Yep. At uh, Mikey's Late Night Slice here in Columbus. It was good. Oh, there's a and Mikey's here in Cincinnati, too, which is really yeah. good. Yeah. Really? And then uh, I'm going to try to get down and, and visit with Kyle here in the next probably two weeks yeah, or next so. next couple weeks. Maybe before Christmas, depending on when that gentle giant Ahsoka statue rolls mm, in. That sweet, so sweet got, statue. It just yeah. got to the warehouse. Just got the, just got the email notification. So oh, yeah. Uh, as soon as that comes in, I'll probably just venture down there and meet up with him, and we'll go to... Um, the toy store down there. Uh, yeah. There better be Can't. some pizza involved in this trip too, or something. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying. Do that. Hell yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. Uh, I am also excited, Justin, about that gentle giant Ahsoka. For anyone listening, mm-hmm. if you haven't received the email, oh, that beautiful. beautiful Ahsoka statue is entered the, the gentle giant warehouse. Mm-hmm. And normally, when you receive that email, it ships within a week. It is Thanksgiving week. It is crazy, but it hopefully will arrive to your home by Christmas. That'll be a great gift. Now, Let's talk year two of Star Wars Friends podcast. Off the rip, I can tell you that we already have some incredible interviews booked coming up in the month of December. We're working on great interviews for the month of January. We want to continue delivering weekly content. We are on the verge of launching our merch store. Really, do it. we want to do some different things this year, but we still want to connect with the community. So you're going to see us do crossover casts uh, with 
pretty awesome shows, shows that maybe you listen to, maybe not. That's our that's what we want to do is hopefully expand your galaxy in the world of Star Wars podcasts and, and make a lot of friends while doing it. So I just want to keep the hype alive. I want to keep this hype train going because I missed last week's episode, but I surely did not miss our celebration kickoff. <laughs> there it is. Okay, so I want to keep the hype train going. Celebration! Mm. 90, 90 weeks, weeks baby. and one day, one day, 90 weeks, one day, we're almost in the 80s. Oh, I already feel the breeze. It might be mm-hmm. 40 degrees and cold and on the verge of mm. winter in Cleveland, but I... here, but it's going to be nice at Celebration. Oh, it's going to be so nice at Celebration. It's going to be so nice by the pool. Gonna have my hopefully Luke Skywalker swim swim trunks on at the poolside, jamming out on some Star Wars Friends podcast. Nice. I'm gonna be wearing a metal bikini. It's uh, I'm actually wearing the didn't. diaper <laughs> that he that he was wearing in the back to tank. Oh, That's perfect. what I was talking about. Yeah. I don't want Luke Skywalker on my <laughs> swim trunks. I want the Luke Skywalker oh, back to tank swim Luke trunks. Skywalker swim. Okay, yeah, That's yeah, the same clear. ones. I want the I want the I want the weird diaper. Thing. It's only so. 630 days, guys. <laughs> it's gonna be here before we know it. It really is. What did we start this countdown? 120 weeks or something crazy like that? Uh, yes. I, I mean, so far it's gone yeah. pretty Time fast. Time doesn't work in 2020, no, but we're trying to keep it alive weird. here. Um, so 90 weeks, one day as of today, as of recording this. And I really, I'm just prepping. I am prepping. Honestly, I'm prepping. I am. Uh, I've, we've talked about this. I'm making the arrangements to stay for two weeks so I can do celebration at D23. Um Plan on staying at the flagship hotel, so I got to save an extra uh, $97,000. So that's the other thing. I got to yeah. sell a kidney. Have to <laughs> work on that. Have to book uh, that hotel for two years from now last week. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> uh, I mean, at the moment it comes up on that um, on that wonderful site that Star Wars Celebration puts out. I forget the name of the housing uh, website that they use to book mm-hmm. those reservations, Is but it it's on super peak? simple. Uh, what's that? Uh, is it on peak? The name of the service? Yeah. No, no. Oh, that's what Repop uses for um for oh, C2E2, okay. so. Yeah, I don't know what it's called. It's something housing. And um, it was a really easy to use website. They were able to refund me for the cancellation this past year. Uh, nice and easy. I Where mean, did you guys quick. stay in Chicago? I stayed at a um, at one of the Hiltons that was right on Millennium Park. So it was about a, uh, a five-minute drive or a 20-minute walk. Did you walk or did you get a cab? Actually, uh, I took a lot of Ubers with yeah. fellow Star Wars fans. Probably mm-hmm. some of my favorite tr- uh, memories of that trip. But also, our good friend Tyler Page picked me up one morning. Oh, nice. Uh, gave me a ride in from the hotel because he's a local to the Chicago area and swung by, picked me up. We had a lot of a lot of fun good conversations people. that morning, and uh, it was good. So, Josh, lots of cool Uber rides, though. Yeah. Josh, where'd you and Tab stay? I think we stayed in the Con Hotel, but I honestly can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just remember our like hotel so was like ago. under construction and there was uh, no breakfast yeah, situation. Lobby. So it was a little weak. Yep. Yeah, that's but. weird. So the name of the hotel, just remember, it just came to me, it was called the Blackstone. So if anyone stays in Chicago, I highly recommend the Blackstone uh, right on Millennium Park. They have breakfast. Sorry, Kyle. Um, they had great <laughs> breakfast. And uh, it was pretty It was pretty easily located to some pizza places. And um, the one thing I wish I would have seen was that lightsaber meetup at Millennium Park because the uh, yeah, bean was only super cool. the bean was 10 minutes from a 10 minute well, not even maybe a less than that walk from from my hotel I could have seen it from the 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 window but I was actually at Second City that night watching the Star Wars improv show 
with uh, Anthony from the Star Wars, well, formerly of the Star Wars show, was uh, was on there. That was pretty funny. So they do improv comedy there. But yeah, that lightsaber meetup looked awesome. We'll see yeah, what I've happens in 2022. Yeah. I'm not miss. I'm not missing Ahsoka Day in 2022. Uh, I know. I missed sure. it. I got to go this time. That was a hell of a lot of fun. That's another time I saw Josh in person. Um, <laughs> so mark that on my list of uh, maybe less than five times. Just think at the but next Ahsoka day, it might be Ashley and Rosario Dawson. Oh, be shocked if it wasn't, right? Damn. If it weren't Good for call. this stupid COVID, we probably would have gotten together a few times by now. This is so weak. Oh, for no, sure. Totally, oh, yeah. Totally. For, sure. We would, oh, for sure. We would have recorded a couple of these in the same room, I think. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. That's going to be a blast. Uh, uh, here in my my Star Wars studio in Cleveland, Ohio, I do have it set up for four people. So um, we can start jamming whenever we're all safe. We're all safe. In the meantime, wear a mask, please. Just yeah. uh, help us help us expedite this if we can. And it is getting to be those, those winter months. So be careful, please. Mm-hmm. We want to hang out. So... Lots to talk about here. We got a lot of news in Star Wars. Mando Monday, week number five. Feels like it's been going on for eight years. Um, The releases just keep getting less and less awe-inspiring, but nonetheless, versatile. Lots of stuff coming out here. Uh, One of the toy releases were the vintage collection figures. They keep releasing different vintage collection or Black Series figures on this Mando Monday drop. And for example, they just put out a Grief Karga and the Child. Now, we've seen a couple of the Child figures on TVC Cardback so far. One with the Razor Crest backing, and there's a Walmart. But Yakface posted three different variants of the Vintage Collection Child, all having different expressions. I think the Walmart Child figure looks pretty frumpy compared to the other two uh, molds. But they all come with the Pram. They were all available for pre-order on multiple websites. I first went to Target, naturally, at 4.01, and naturally, Target was all sold out at 4.01. Then I was like, oh, you know what? Grief Karga is not going to be that popular of a vintage collection figure. Let me just type his name in the Target app and look. Sure enough, at 4.01... Grief Karga was also sold out on Target. And I think Grief Karga was a Target exclusive because I was able to pick up the child on Amazon.com. I bought two you, of them. I so bought two of them. You could Be- get grief from Big Bad Toy Store, though. Then I'm going to buy it from Big yep. Bad Toy Store, which yep. I love, which I love. Thank you for teaching me about the bag of loot. <laughs> um, but the, the child, the reason why I bought two is because I'm not going to take out the child off the card back from the Razor Crest. That's going to stay in card back. And I want to keep... As it should. Yep. And I want to keep <laughs> one of these other variants on card back. And I'm going to open the other one up for display. Because I because I ha- actually have... It's a year away, but I already have room dedicated for the Razor Crest to be displayed in a diorama. Yeah. The Grief and the, the Child Season 1, or with the Pram from Season 1, were both available on Big Bad Toy Store. I didn't see anything from Entertainment Earth. But I thought it was interesting. The Grief is the Season 2 grief is he yeah he's, it's not the season one grief it's a season two right with his it's, like fancy robe it's and his in his salt and pepper beard it's so yeah, yeah it's so new that they don't even have a figure mold of it no. it's a digital it's a rendering sketch. and that's yeah as far as i remember justin that's the first time i've seen a digital rendering on a card to to promote an upcoming release that's how new that mm-hmm. figure is has to be has to be crazy yeah. that might be a good thing I think because they might be designing as the episodes come out 
So they might not even know what's coming to these last four episodes of the season. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. smokes! Are we waiting for the Bo-Katan TVC figure or what? Oh man, all I'm, the uh, all the figures, mm. all the yeah. Bo-Katan figures. What is going figures. on? What are um, they waiting for? It would I'm make such a beautiful Bo-Katan figure. Toys. Yeah, I was just gonna say the <laughs> sideshow. Oh, yeah. oh, 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 oh. oh Bo-Katan hot! It's got to be coming because they just came out with um, a sand person from yes, they did season from season two because he comes with the little uh, black melon. Yes. I don't know if you guys the looked dark at it, melon. But it. Like, yeah, one of the accessories is the dark melon that so it's from season two. So I'm waiting on him to release that Bo Katan oh. uh for, from Sideshow and there go more reward points. <laughs> I'm waiting for any Bo Katan and the pop should be coming any day. They released a Funko Pop. I pre ordered that. Side note the- on the the Sand People and Tuscan Raiders. Matt Martin from Lucasfilm put out a poll the other day asking what you think that they are called. And the options were Sand People, Tuscan Raider, or Gun Mummy, which is hilarious. Gun <laughs> Mummy. Gun, Gun Mummy <laughs> is so funny. Hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm going to, my money's on Gun Mummy. That's like a tongue twister. <laughs> Gun Mummy. My yeah, money's on Gun my Mummy. My money's on Gun Mummy. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, I bought the Bo Katan um, uh, cardboard cutout. Did you? Ooh, oh, yes. that's right. That's right. Yeah, you're How talking about it. How tall is it? I thought uh, it's life size. I'm not sure. I haven't taken it's a Christmas present. So I'm Katie Sackhoff's super tall. She pulled mm-hmm. Tab pulled it out of the. I said I came downstairs and I said I'm no, I'm not allowed to buy anything right now because it's almost Christmas shopping time. But um, I'm afraid that this might sell out. So I'm either buying it today or you can buy it for Christmas. And she <laughs> said I'll buy it for Christmas. And then when it nice. came like really fast. And um, cool. she like pulled it out of the thing so I could see it, and then put it back in the box. So. Oh, Not nice. okay, okay. Um, I, I gotta wait. I've got. I talked about this a little bit before show, but while we're talking about toys, I will. Uh, I do want to shout out Hasbro. We've we've talked plenty of trash about Hasbro. So, uh, my uh, armor convention exclusive figure that came in was damaged. The box had a few like rips and a dent in it. Um. And I emailed customer service and I told them and they asked for some pictures and I sent them back. And today they told me they're sending me a brand new figure and I can keep the damaged one. Um, So that's a pretty good deal. Two for one. I'm going to take the damaged one out of the box. Uh, Shout out to Hasbro for that. Thank you. Very cool. Very cool. Hey, this is Dominic Pace who played Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian. Happy to be your Star Wars friend. You're listening to the Star Wars Friend Show. Hello there, Star Wars friends. It's Josh, your favorite Star Wars friend and resident John Williams One Percenter. Do you want to be a John Williams One Percenter like me? Well, here's a piece of John Williams trivia to help you show off your elite status to those around you. Not only has John won countless awards and accolades, Oscars, Grammys, etc., but the apple does not fall too far from the tree either. His son, Joseph Williams is the lead singer of the Grammy Award-winning band, Toto. Make sure to stay on target and listen to the Star Wars Friends podcast every week for more John Williams content. I just thought of something, and this is probably a dumb question, but you know how like we have Black Series that are of cartoons like the rebels ones but they have like photorealistic molds of the characters 
will we get another Ahsoka figure if we get live action Ahsoka? Yes. With a different yes, because it'll make it look like the actress. I'm guessing. Yes. Okay. Oh, I'm sure yes. they will and, with a new face sculpt. And whatever costume she's wearing, because I have a couple ideas about that. Oh, I'm sure so, it'll be something we've not seen. Yeah, she's always or or similar. Got the or similar to something we have seen. So hmm. very excited to talk about that. I do, I do to your point, Josh. I think it will be photorealistic. Why not? You know, they got the technology. Make it happen. Um, quick note. I just want to say. Josh, you you mentioned the quick shipping. If you are ordering gifts for Christmas for anybody, order them early. Uh, I have a lot of connections in um, in freight and shipping. That's part of my personal business. Uh, Amazon's not going to tell you this, but their cutoff date's basically like December 7th or 8th to guarantee by the time for Christmas morning. So you might want to get in on that as of, as of the recording of this, it's, it's pretty much Thanksgiving. So you got about a week, week and a half to get those orders in if you want them domestically. Internationally, good luck. It's probably not going to happen by now. Um, so the carriers aren't going to tell you that right now, but if you are ordering Star Wars gifts for people, do it now. Speaking of ordering gifts for people, Let's give a shout out to those makers. Let's give a mm-hmm. quick shout out. I want to give a shout out to Rebel Art Empire, Fulcrum Dawn, two long-term friends of show, great Star Wars friends that we love having on when, they, when they're ready. They join us in the live chat. We love promoting their products. So please visit Rebel Art Empire, Fulcrum Dawn. Those are my two shout outs. I know I'm putting everyone on the spot right now, <laughs> but is there a maker or anyone that you would want to shout out to help celebrate or, or hopefully get some orders for the holiday? I would I would add Ryloth Relics. He's got a Black Friday sale going on right now. If you go to his site, you can get $1 Blemish Challenge Coins, which is stupid cheap wow. for those coins. Yeah, and they're in great. Like a Blemish is literally like a little bump here or a little Yeah, I have some Blemish coins here. from them. Nothing. Yeah, it, it's yeah. a steal at a dollar. Um, but uh, Ryloth Relics, um, I'd say Luminous Beings Limited. I'm wearing yeah. my awesome uh, I Am No Jedi hat right now, actually. That's um, very cool. And then Samoylov Art. Um, the, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Artem in Russia. He is uh, still producing some really, really kick-ass helmets. Yes. Um, he actually did a 332nd Rex helmet, which is badass. Um, I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, it's a it's mm. a sweet crossover. Um, but those are my three. Maybe you should drop very that cool. link in the chat. I <laughs> yeah. Will do that. Hey, I will do that. Josh, Kyle, you got any makers you want to shout out? I mean, I've been you buying all the same stuff you guys yeah. have, so I like all the same makers. I, you know, I can't. I cool. was trying to think of like one that, but I, I love all the, you know, uh, Rebel Art Empire and Fulcrum Dawn, yeah. and Luminous Beings. Like, we, anytime we get anything cool, we show each other. So it's like, and then we're That's all, yeah, we all buy the same, the same thing. Same. Yeah. 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 They're yeah. good friends right, of the cool. show, yeah. though. Those uh, Rebel Art Empire and Fulcrum Dawn, they've been consistently on the live shows on Fridays and everything. And so buy some stuff for them. They're good people. I have Please. a permanent. Uh, you know, I have a permanent thing that I got from Rebel Art Empire. We'll have it for you the do. rest of my life. So you do. And I, I, I lose, soon lose my too. arm, but <laughs> yeah, let's hope that doesn't I happen. Hope that, yeah, right. Yeah, definitely don't want that. No, stay away from any nunchuck sabers. I mean, that's probably your first, <laughs> Too first late. advice I'd give you. Uh, so with that, support the makers, please. If we haven't listed makers that you support, please let us know at SW Friend Show or email us show at Star Wars Friends. We'd like to see what you're buying and what pins you have in your collection, patches, hats, shirts, whatever. We want to see it. Definitely into that. All right. Want to remind everybody that we have Razorcrest Reacts every Friday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on our YouTube channel and our Facebook. You can find our YouTube channel at Star Wars Friends Podcast. 
Speaking of Rebel Art Empire and Fulcrum Dawn, as Kyle said, they join us. Come hang out with us. It's a live chat format. We want to talk, and we got a big episode coming up this week. We know. We know who's coming. We can't wait to talk. So hopefully you can join us at 7.30 every Friday night while The Mandalorian's going on. But let's get it. Let's keep going. We got more news. We got so much stuff going on. Let's talk about that weird game called Squadrons, the one that we're kind of like, oh, yeah, it's cool, but we don't really play it. <laughs> I mean, that's the general consensus on the show here. It might be because we're old. If you love the, the game, awesome. I think it is a beautiful looking game, but I'm just, I work a lot. I have very few free time hours and it hasn't given me enough to really continue to buy in and, and play. The story mode's very lackluster. I'm tired of going to those debriefings around the table and then having to like <laughs> walk yeah, through yeah, the hangar. It's just, yeah. Yeah. it's just, get, put me in the action. But they are releasing... Much to public delight, the B-Wing and TIE Defender. Um, I asked pre-show, because I'm kind of ignorant about video games, if you can actually fly from a third-person view, and uh, everyone here said you cannot. So I don't understand what the excitement of a B-Wing is. If you can't see the the wings and the rotating cockpit and all that, just seems like you're going to be in the cockpit of another ship. Uh, and then the TIE Defender, that might be interesting, because that ship is pretty lethal. At least we hope it's lethal. Uh, but that's going to be fun. I don't know. Uh, I know that we have a few friends that have hit us up wanting the B-Wing, so I'm glad that you got Christmas early and get to fly your B-Wing all over wherever it is that you fly in that game because I don't remember. But uh, have fun. It's just a little disheartening because I shelled out $40 for it, and it's on sale right now for like $17. Like a month later. A month later. A month later. For Black Friday stuff. And I like, I get it, but... Uh, yeah, you can find that's right, Justin. You can find that game on many retailers for half off, more mm-hmm. than half off in some yeah. cases. So, yep. hey, yeah. I, I'm that guy. I buy stuff on a on the day it drops. Yeah. If it's Star Wars related, I'm gonna get well, it. You, you, never, never, you never know, know too. Never know. The, I mean, the video yeah, games are pretty much always my birthday. Game, I had but. to. Oh yeah. <laughs> But uh, that content is now available for download, and you can also get an updated version of everyone's favorite Squadrons character, Gunny, who is just, uh, you can't see the eye rolls because it's an audio podcast, but um, if you played the game, you're familiar with Gunny, and if you like the accent... I don't know what to tell you. Good for you. Like I said, the new patch, I, I they made the Duros look like Nick Fury. The, I'm not the sure. Patch, <laughs> get it? What? He, uh, the patch like has a patch. Yeah. Oh, well, that's uh, funny. That's funny. <laughs> uh, they did also in video game news, they released the Galaxy's Edge game on Oculus. So if you have an Oculus, you can download that. It's called Tales from the Galaxy's Edge. I am. I don't own an Oculus. I used to own a PSVR. VR makes me sick. I literally get nauseous when I play VR. But I love Galaxy's Edge that much. I am considering getting an Oculus. Now, I'm also nervous I'm going to play it for a week and then sell it, much like my PSVR. But so far, Maggie, who's not on the show tonight, she has played it and got a pretty decent review from it. So who knows? I don't know. I have definitely... Don't know if I want to shell out a couple extra hundred dollars on a system that I might not play very much, but I do very much miss Galaxy's Edge, and there is probably a COVID-era Disney trip in my future at some point, uh, early 2021. I don't know. I've said it off and on all year, and I still haven't pulled the trigger on it. We shall see. There are a few other things that got released on Mando Monday. Uh, A couple things I want to talk about. We all know about those macarons, those space macarons. Everyone loved them. I was eating some on the Geeky Waffle live chat uh, the other night. That was a good game. I had a lot of fun with that, eating those little macarons. Um, 
And William Sonoma, who is a high-end food retailer, they make uh, $80 napkins and uh, $400 meat cleavers, all the stuff that us regular folk can afford. Hell of a meat cleaver. They they released 12 of these cookies for $50. So, oddly enough, they're already sold out. They sold out the first day of release. So... I don't know how many they had, but a lot of people are going to be enjoying very expensive cookies. So William Sonoma puts out um, licensed Star Wars stuff periodically. I've seen aprons and oh, okay. uh, spatula. I've I've got a Darth Vader and a Stormtrooper spatula that came from there. Um, they they do. I, they I'm sure they have some kind of licensed deal, but they put out Star Wars stuff semi regularly. Okay. Yeah, I mean, listen, I like William Sonoma. I don't want to knock it. I do. It's just not uh, cheap. Pre-co- that's for sure. <laughs> no, no, you're just going to sh- shell out the money. Uh, and that's that's okay. If you're into macarons, all all the power to you. I'm, I'm into it too. I'd rather have a uh, macaroon. Another- I like coconut, but that's just me. I love macaroons. I accidentally mm-hmm. said macaroon on the Geeky Waffle live chat. No one corrected they're, me. So. They're very different cookies, but very similarly named, huh? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I do prefer macaroons, though. So, another release on Mando Monday was the update to Disney's Emoji game. So that game is something that I play. So basically, it's like a... If you ever played Bejeweled, it's called Emoji Blitz. And it's a Disney game. It's a Disney app. It's built for children. So naturally, I play it uh, every other day. It's a great match and- game, though. <laughs> It is a match game. It is. It's actually tougher than Bejeweled, I think. But they did release the Mandalorian update for that, so you get to play as those characters. Igloo put out a Mandalorian lunchbox. Let me be the first to tell you, maybe not, because I've probably talked about it in the show before. I own several Star Wars Igloo coolers. Those are also pricey. Licensed ones. They're pricey, but mm-hmm. man, they are awesome, and I've used them many times. I have, in one year of owning them, I have definitely, um, definitely got my money's worth on them. Every you know, going out to the picnics or going over somebody's house or whatever, bringing, delivering treats over somebody's place. That Those coolers are sweet and everyone comments on my C-3PO one. They love it. But this Mandalorian one is really sharp. So igloo.com has the Mandalorian coolers, but they are, yeah, they're, I think they started like- Yeah, they're not months. cheap, but they are very nice. Yeah. Very cool. Technical question, Chris. Very important. Yes. How many pond waters fit in that? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask. <laughs> Actually, I got one in my hand right now. This is a uh, Hoplark, uh, Hoplark Hop Tea Dude, he Butterfly PT <laughs> and then Pink Boots Hop Blend. It's a hoppy. It, does it have ground up butterflies here? in it? <laughs> I might, <laughs> actually. Yeah. Uh, uh, this one is probably one of the more nasty ones, but it can fit the R2D2 one, which is a small one, can fit four of these cans, and these are 16-ounce cans. Oh, the C3PO one can fit... Doing rough math. You can't see it, but my brain is moving right now. Um, it can fit probably 10 of the 16-ounce cans in a C-3PO, which is the uh, the large size cooler. So if you have 12-ounce cans, you can fit probably 12 in there pretty easily. Um, I love the coolers. So this, this Mandalorian one is really nice. Speaking of items along those lines, there's one of my employees came up to me and was like, yo, have you seen these things? Held up his phone. Star Wars had a line of corksicles, which I don't know if any of you caught that, but corksicles are like the Boba Fett one mm-hmm. is still available, but they just released a whole line of them, and I missed it until until uh, one of my employees showed me this. They're like high end, but affordable, like Tervis tumblers almost. Oh. So, mm-hmm. uh, very nice. Are they sharp, plastic or metal? Metal, oh, metal. metal. They're really, really nice, and they're affordable. 
for what they are. So uh, Turvist has been around forever. They make really good Star Wars products too, but these Corksicle ones are very unique, very minimal. So if you like minimal Star Wars designs, you don't want it to be a giant baby Yoda face uh, as a cartoon. Cool. They got really minimal stuff uh, that can blend in with anything. So those are cool. Lots more. Guys, there's so much stuff going on. Uh, I'm sorry, not Entertainment Earth. Black Series came out with a Mandalorian helmet. So you can now wear a premium helmet. That is available now. Flashlight included. Um, Flashlight is included. Not buying it, but for those who are, good for you. I know Maggie got one. Um, I still haven't pulled the trigger on the Boba Fett helmet. I'm getting there. few more, guys. I know. I'm running out of breath. Uh, (laughs) There is... (laughs) Uh, celebration merch is available to everyone that is not a ticket holder. Uh, and I just checked the site this morning. Um, they don't have anything new on the site, but a lot of stuff is selling out. And I'm happy to report that limited edition Luke Skywalker Tauntaun plush that I bought that I scrambled, furiously scrambled to buy because it was a limited edition of like 2000 has finally sold out a month and a half later. Cause that was part of the first initial wave of, of merch launch. Um, but I'm glad but I got some one other- the second time around then. Y- yeah, that sold out. And the Lucasfilm Limited patch sold out. Yeah, which I, I got that too. I know. I, I've actually placed three orders on the Celebration Store. And the last one was like, oh, I got to get this patch. Why didn't I buy this patch? I'm so thankful I bought that patch because it's going on my, my Celebration jacket. Very excited for that one. One last piece that I have, and then we're going to dive into a quote before we hit up this episode is Galaxy of Heroes. We've talked about it in the show. It's a game I play literally three to four times a day and have done so for years. Just released its five-year anniversary patch. So what that means, if you play Galaxy of Heroes, which is a mobile game, it's a strategy game, it's very cool, they just gave every user a massive war chest of materials that you would you know would take you forever to farm and if you're not familiar with these terms i'm sorry i'm just kind of using some nerdy terms here i'll try to be quick about it but they give you all these um, wonderful omega materials beta materials all types of tools to upgrade your characters and they even made a joke about giving you three chewbacca shards which is hilarious if you play the game and you know that's a common shard and you can easily get it and it was just kind of one of those funny jokes but um, another note about Galaxy of Heroes, my guild, I do play, like I said, three, four times a day, as well as my guild members do. If you play the game and you have a GP of 1.5 to 2 million, we are actively recruiting for our guild. We have about 10 spots we want to fill up in the team. That means you, you can be one step closer, closer to Darth Trya. You can be one step closer to General Kenobi. We are going after Wat Tambor. These are very hard characters to... Uh, to farm so you can only do it in a guild so if you want to join it hit us up show at starwarsfriends.com let me know your handle you can tweet us sw friend show let me know your handle and i will send you an invitation to the guild if you meet those requirements uh, i just recently unlocked dark side darth revan which is a huge nice. journey huge journey um now i'm going after malik that's going to take me another calendar year so <laughs> can't wait um there's one thing that is not product related that came up in the news today. Uh, Josh, did you post this? Did you post this in the comments here? The quote? This quote. Yeah, this quote. Yeah. So where did this quote come from? What was the source? So uh, Mercedes Versano, or Vercano, uh, who's Sasha Banks, did an exclusive interview with comicbook.com. And I, so I pulled this off of their exclusive interview. Aha, uh-huh, comicbook.com. That's right. So I was browsing, not browsing, my God, I barely opened Twitter today and came across a, uh, 
an article or uh, a tweet that just said that Sasha Banks is a one and done in season two of The Mandalorian. Now, we speculated several times that we think the Night Owls are probably going to have a pr- pretty big role to play in this. To the, so to see that, especially at episode four, was kind of bizarre. Um, don't like it. I would have rather had some mystery to the season. But the quote goes like this from comicbook.com. As you've learned so much about this from Katie Sackoff and from Dave, I'm not sure John has kind of chimed in as well. What kind of stuff have you learned about Casca and how much of that do you think the fans will get to explore and get to know your character as this goes on? Her response, well, I can only hope that the fans get to know more. I'm only in this episode. It's awesome, but we can only hope for more stuff. So if I can pray and manifest anything, I just hope myself and Katie Bo-Katan can hopefully get the Darksaber one day, but we'll have to see. I don't know. That's pretty revealing. Could be a coach Halfway response too. It could be a misdirect. Highly unlikely um, to to have that wherewithal. I mean, I don't know. Um, well, yeah, maybe but she's the, in wrestling where she has to do this on Twitter with her storylines in wrestling every uh-huh. freaking day. So okay, and they do this. True. This is that's yeah. why I think that's why I think that that's a slight possibility because they literally have to like deny, 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 and think of like good ways to to, to deflect. Um, that's like interesting. And she's, I mean, like, she's she's a top star. Like, she's the champion right now. So she's, she's a like, champ. She's yeah. a big deal. She's doing a lot of press and stuff for them. Wow. I think it's a misdirect. It's it's also possible to me that we see Bo-Katan pop up and say something at the end of this season, and then we don't actually pick that Mandalorian storyline up again until next season, maybe. Right. Right, yeah. you're right. We can get yep. Bo-Katan the final episode. Uh, kind of like set this is what the- I found out. This is what's going on. This is why I need your help. And then we meet back up with those guys. Something like that. Or, yeah. or we'll see a helmeted, a helmeted version of this character, maybe not played by Sasha Banks as a stunt double or something like that, where we get to see them in an action sequence. They don't really need to take the helmet off to do jetpack flying or anything like that. So who knows? Maybe it was a truthful comment that she's not in it. She doesn't know. Maybe there's a blackout. I, there's a lot to, to unpack. To your point, Josh, if she is, what do they call it? It's not kayfabe, right? Is that the wrong term? I'm not a wrestling guy. No. For any yeah, kayfabe <laughs> is like the, yeah, when you're keeping, breaking kayfabe would be like doing something out of character. So. Uh-huh. Okay. So yeah. I wasn't. Technically, a hundred percent wrong. No, you're wrong. no, you're right. Keeping like oh, keeping okay. kayfabe is like like perfect example. Sometime in the seventies, the Hulk Hogan was driving, like traveling down the road with the Wild Samoans, who in character don't speak English. They just grunt and bite chickens' heads and stuff. Um, the, what the, the Wild Samoans is Roman Reigns' dad and uncle. Okay, if, for any, they're in that huge Samoan family that everyone's in, and um, they got pu- they got pulled over. And the cops found a handgun in um, Hulk's dash, and uh, the Samoans kept character and didn't talk, even though he oh was getting God. pulled over by the cops. Because it's the seventies, so they like didn't. <laughs> or maybe it was the eighties, but you know. Wow, Hogan Times with a gun. Yeah. Hogan mm-hmm. carrying guns. I mean, his guns weren't enough protection. He had to have a firearm. My, my goodness. <laughs> Uh, speaking of wrestling, I, we didn't need to go in that, uh, or we Sorry. didn't mean to go in that little direction. We do have a, a guest coming up on a Razor Crest Reacts in a couple weeks, don't we, Josh? We do, yeah. Uh, not this episode, but the next one. 
the Impact Wrestling X Division Champion Rohit Roju is going to be on, and he's a he's a guy I met doing wrestling podcasting, um, and then became friends with because he's a huge Star Wars nerd. So that's awesome. So yeah. that'll be cool. That'll be for Chapter 14. So in a yeah. couple of weeks out, uh, you can join us. As a, another reminder here, every Friday night, Razor Crest Reacts on YouTube and Facebook. You can find the Star Wars Friends podcast on YouTube, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll, we'll have fun. I Be there or we'll be square. Fun. It's always fun. It's so much fun. Hi, this is Gary Witter. Very proud to be a Star Wars friend. You are listening to the Star Wars Friends podcast. This is Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends Show. Do not underestimate the power of this podcast. Yes, yes. So our good friend Steve Lynn's going to join us this week for the Jedi, I guess, is the title the of citizen? the show. <laughs> is it the citizen or is it the Jedi? <laughs> it's the Jedi. Or a different Jedi. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of funny memes out there with uh, Mace Windu. For the citizen, boo, uh, Trashmaster Ways, boo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tyler Page is gonna kill us. He loves Mace so much. What's uh, the love? He's a turd. Rude. <laughs> I just but, have this like weird premonition. Samuel L. Jackson's gonna like say, "I'm gonna come on your show." <laughs> like, oh my god, he's gonna jump on here and be like, "You mfers." <laughs> like, well, I we're would, all gonna feel I, hey, bad. I would, I would consider it an honor to be berated. <laughs> yes, by oh, yes. I agree. I agree. I agree. Okay, <laughs> R- just before we get into the, oh, I was the gonna say I would pay here. to be called a motherfucker by Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> I actually, yes, agreed. See on camera on Thanksgiving of all days. <laughs> yes. Um, no. Okay. Who's worse, Mace Windu or Kiati Mundy? Kiati Mundy. Come on. I don't know. It's a real question. Uh, what did Keati Mundi ever do? He's just nothing. He didn't do anything. I mean, terrible. Yeah. Terrible Jedi. Yeah. So what? Is, is Windu? So Keati Mundi, Windu, and then Justin, who are you going with? I, I, I mean, he didn't do anything. That's something <laughs> part of it. So but he like, stinks. Yeah. Like, He's not bad. I, I don't know, like, uh, like, Windu, Windu, Windu was, was actually like, like a jerk and. He was just a jerk. He was mean. So, so like, Windu. I guess if I so gotta go, who's Windu. a who's a worse Jedi? I gotta go Kiata Mundi. Oh, if I go, who's a worse dude? Then I'm gonna go Mace Windu. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying you can't swing a lightsaber. Like, I'm I saying guess he's it a depends. Jerk. Right. There's a there's right. a moment I'll never forget in a it's it was in a uh, EU novel called Shatterpoint that was a Mace oh, Windu yeah, novel. Yep. Yeah. And at one point he's like. He's has some sort of stare down with some alien, and I can't remember who. And he he just he like the guy's talking trash, and Mace Windu points to his forehead, and the guy says, "What are you gonna do, Jedi? Uh, think me to death?" And he headbutts him and breaks his nose. Oh my god! Like, like Mace, that's why Mace Windu pointed to his forehead. Boom! Like, guy's a guy's a jerk. <laughs> He's still a jerk. Uh, we should do a uh, we should do a, a Jedi ranking someday we should we should get all the heavy hitters i'm a gundy uh Sacy teen all Evan those <laughs> yeah yeah all the really <laughs> amazing jedi that are out there uh put them up i don't know i mean there's probably a jedi historian out there that can really let us know so if you're Joe listening Costa new and you're a jedi yeah, if you're a jedi historian and want to come on the star wars friends show and give us a rundown on why kiati mundy's cool Show at StarWarsFriends.com. We'd love to have you. Hey, I'd, I'd rank Jocasta New higher than a lot of those Oh, Jedi. hell yes. <laughs> who's hell What's the name yes. of the Jedi who's like, Master Skywalker, there's too many of them. Or like, like right before he gets, <laughs> gets cut down. What are we going to do? 
<laughs> oh my god, this is so good. Uh, all right, all right. So we uh, we do this every week. We do the deep dive. Star Wars Friends podcast is known for deep dives of our favorite shows, our Star Wars shows, and we are going to kick off this episode with Chapter Twelve: The Siege. This is Episode Four, Season Two. That's about all I'm going to say. I'm going to let our, our resident Mandalorian episode host, Justin, take over from here, and we're going to go through the episode. <laughs> Hi, this is Delilah S. Dawson, your Star Wars friend, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast. So this one was written by John Favreau. Surprise, surprise. Um Directed though by Carl Weathers, and I think seventy-two year old, seventy-two year old Carl Weathers. This was the first directorial debut, right in in the show as a player coach, on camera, behind the camera, doing it all. (laughs) Yeah, triple threat. It's a weird thing when (laughs) when the actors direct their own product, whether it's a movie or TV show, and um, it does take a lot of extra effort. But it's Mm -hmm. it's. I just think that it's such a well balanced episode. We'll get to it. You can. You think John and Dave were on the credits on set too? Uh, we. What's that? I said you think John and Dave were probably on set too. Oh, for sure. Probably had to be, had to be for sure. Yeah, and it it did get uh, from the actors on the show. It did get a lot of high praise from all of them in in the job that 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 Carl Weathers did. Uh, he's so, been in the game so um, long. Of course, he'd like yeah. you know know what he's doing. Oh yeah, class. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was a fun episode. Um, I mean, it, really it was, was. action packed and it was fun. So, um, we had returning characters, Gina Carano as Cara Dune. We had, uh, Giancarlo Esposito as Moff Gideon, uh, Horatio Sands as Mithril. That's Terry Mithril as a Mithril. A Mithril. Mithril, Mithril. Right. And all I can think of is, uh, is, uh, what is it, Billy Madison when he drops the air conditioner on the oh lady out the window? The Mista Mista lady. <laughs> it's the Mithril Mithril guy. I think I killed the Mithril Mithril lady. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so good. <laughs> Omid Abtahi, and if I butcher the name, I apologize, um, as Dr. Pershing. Who lived out a lifelong Dr. fantasy to be on yes. Star Wars. Incredible story about that actor. Yes. Look him up. Incredible. Loved loved seeing him back because uh, really after season one you were like where did he go? What right. did he do? And right. here we go. Um, Paul Sun Young Lee as Captain Carson Teva again returns. Uh, Katie M O'Brien as comms officer, uh, which was also as Katie O'Brien. So literally she got to play herself in a Star Wars movie, okay. which is really cool. So her, so her, her character name was Katie O'Brien. That's what it said in the credits. It says as Katie O'Brien. Josh you know, that her that's name. Her, that's her stage name, like without the M. Ah, I was. It gonna, was cool. Okay. I was like, is that really her name, or that was going like, to be the first the character name, name ever in Star Wars, to my knowledge? Like <laughs> that is very um, Earth based. Very Earth. <laughs> and then um, you had uh, Catherine Elise Drexler as the voice of the teacher droid. Uh, and Chris Bartlett as the actual physical teacher oh, droid. Cool. And Chris Bartlett was uh, Zero yeah. in in last season. Yeah. And I think he's also done some uh, other droid work uh, on the show. So Very cool. Yep. Uh, it Basically, the episode takes us back to uh, Navarro. Um, yep. The ship's in trouble. Uh, Mando needs help. 
He apparently doesn't believe in child labor laws and has put the child to work on his ship. <laughs> oh, and, and and uh um not the best uh not the best handiwork. Well, I think so he, he, he found out that he has help. not been doing a good job of teaching the child colors. Uh, they haven't nope. been like working on following directions. <laughs> like, clearly, man? he's keeping him I mean, safe, could, but he's not really like parenting him no. yet. You know what I mean? Nope. <laughs> you could you could teach sign language. You know sign language. You could teach sign language. Number of different things. Pick up some books at the local library. Yeah, do something. It's uh, well. I mean, he lives a hard life. He's a nomad traveling from gig to gig. It's a gig. It's a gig economy. He's just a single father in a gig economy trying to keep his child fed. But here's the thing. This is one of the funniest things I have ever seen in a show. Um, the child's in this like little chamber. Literally, like they're floating in space. This is the thing I can't get over. Is like they're in the middle of space which is just terrifying as a human on earth right now and he is just trusting their safety to this child holding up live wires inside of the components of the ship and it is it is one of the funniest scenes of anything i've seen it it everyone keeps making the analogy to baby groot with the button which is also one of my favorite scenes in any marvel movie uh it's just that classic child humor um so naturally, yeah, Baby Yoda's gonna make the wrong mm-hmm. decision. You can t- there's a turning point in that scene where he just like his brain just can't handle it. The child's brain just can't handle it, and he's just like done. Like you can tell him yeah. no more, and uh, he electrocutes himself. It was hilarious. Because at one point he puts the blue one like back in, and he's like, no, no, not the blue one. Not that. And he like pulls it back out, and he's just like, you know what? I'm done. I'm just gonna put these two together. <laughs> like he's like, whatever you do, don't let them touch. They're positively charged. Oh and yeah, like, dude, so funny. Great scene. Great scene. Father like, son. I hope he Yeah, I hope he didn't like I, I mean, I would assume he knew there was some kind of electric shock coming from that, but knew it wouldn't kill the right, child. Right, right. Like, Did he? Uh, <laughs> somebody needs to call social services well, on this guy, please. I think I said this on the live show, but like how bad of a job did that Moncala do of oh. putting this shit back together? Like, <laughs> he didn't even plug the wires into the right spot. Give me a break. <laughs> Paid him a lot of money. Too. You put the blue where the red goes. Yep. That's like, that should have been one of the easy parts. Right. Yep. Yeah. Couldn't fit in that little compartment though. That's, yeah, that's, a problem. that's, cramped. that's yeah, tiny. that's probably the issue. <laughs> so, so yeah, so we, we get, get this beautiful scene right. and what they're flying into Navarro. Now that's where we, we get to see the next set piece. Yeah, we get well. We it jumps into a den of um, uh, what is the character? Yes, oh, thank no, you. Oh no, no, hang on, hang on. Is mm-hmm. the the next scene is actually them eating, drinking the soup? So the the helmet the helmet got tipped up after after the child oh, electrocutes right, right, yes, himself. They're sitting yes. in the cargo hold eating soup broth, whatever, mm-hmm. and the broth, they're sitting the side broth. by side. And child naturally just sipping away. And Mando actually lifts his helmet up. Mm-hmm. We've asked this question a ton of times on the show. Slip. How oh, does he eat? Does he take his helmet off? And, you know, a week removed from meeting the night owls, he's now starting to lift his helmet up and showing his face to baby steps. the child. Yeah, baby he's steps. already like, screw yeah. this. I'm I'm flashing some chin for the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> what did we call it? A chin it slip? To, it was a it chin, was slip. chin slip. Yeah. That's funny. It was great to hear the helmet seal yes, though every time he lifts you. it up and puts it back down, just like thank Vader's you. Yeah, it was awesome. Yes, um, you know. So we, yes, we get that, and that's where they're talking about going back to get repairs. Um, so they make the decision to go back to Navarro. Um, you know, when we go back to Navarro, though, we do see we open with uh, the den of Aqualish, clearly thieves. 
uh, stealing the from the former, townspeople. The armor's former den. Yeah, in the armor, in the, the well, I don't know, the aqueducts or the sewers, sewers. whatever oh, yeah, you want to call yeah. them. Yeah, down in the sewers, um, that was her, where her yeah. forge was, wasn't it? Yep. Yep. Mm. Yep. And you, I mean, it was still burning. It was still right. hot. Yeah. So they were using it for heat and they're about to cook up some I don't, ferret thing. Some yeah. dank I ferret. I don't know. Whatever that was. Ferret. It was called a lava um, meerkat. I looked it up. That's lava, a very lame name. Which, uh, if you check, but if well, you watch the lava artwork. on Navarro. Yeah, but a meerkat? Did anybody else look at the artwork? Mm-mm. What was the artwork? Oh, at the end of the show. So at the artwork, at the end, it had like this thing spitting fire. Oh, that would be sweet. Like, uh, yeah, at one of them when when they were when they were fighting. Kara, he sh- he should have like, done that. Like he picked it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah I it thought was, that thing was getting its head cool. chopped off a few times. I was I was uh, very nervous <laughs> yes. for the for the dank yes. ferret lava cat. So anyway, so they hear a noise. They go out. They look. You know, kind of one goes out to the to the entryway there and gets jumped right away. Um, oh. And I like uh, Kara comes around the corner. You recognize. Uh, her figure coming yep. around, she's using him as a human shield uh, multiple times, um, you know, and then just kind of proceeds to enter the room. And then she does um, the, what's the dispatch. move where Lex Luger used to put the guy up on her shoulder? Torture rack. Like, Torture yeah. Ass. But how she rolls up is actually like the way that firemen do um, carries, Fireman like carry. to get them up onto their shoulders if they're laying on the ground rather than like bending over and trying to pick them up. They actually roll that way to get them up onto their shoulder. Okay. But yes. Yeah, you don't want to lift with I your low guys. I think that was a mixed martial arts move. <laughs> that too. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. So what, what Kara Dune is clearing house of these Aqualish. These Aqualish are bums. Mm-hmm. They're just like low oh, rent, low rent thugs. Um, kind of well, like they couldn't even kill a ferret. So what do you what do you expect? Right. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> uh, did anyone expect an arm to get chopped off? I was hoping for an arm to get chopped. Were off. Were we gonna get a Pondababa throwback? Arm. And, and get the arm chopped always nice. for arm dismemberment. Nobody yeah. was swinging any uh, melee weapons for that, though. Too many. It's all blasters. No. Yeah, Kara could have had yeah. something in her in her yeah. armor and, and chopped an arm off. I would have liked it. I would have liked seeing an Aqualish arm chopped. I was like, I like a Too dismemberment. Too much blood in this show? <laughs> Bro, they threw a stormtrooper off a 300-foot cliff on, on this show. I think we're okay. Remember, bleed, a, a lightsaber cauterizes the wound. And uh, and a, a vibroblade, it would just been spurting like a like an eighties horror movie. I'm here. For Although it. Uh, Bo-Katan did take her little wrist blade to the stormtrooper throat, throat, and he didn't bleed somehow. Mm-hmm. He did die, <laughs> right, but he right. didn't bleed, or it just <laughs> no ran blood. down into his armor. Yeah. No blood in Star yeah. Wars unless you're Finn in Force Awakens. One um, handprint. Did uh, I'm trying to think? Did um did Dryden Voss when he stabbed? Oh, he stabbed somebody with vibroblades in Solo. Did that bleed? Well, the, those know. were like um, those had some kind the of plasma thing around them too that potentially yeah. could have cauterized the wound. Mm. What a weird thing! They they don't like bloody messes. No, in Star Wars. no, there's lots no. lots well, of clean show. Fine with me. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so Kara knocks out all these <laughs> well, you know, uh, all these when Rift Hampson got cut in half, there was blood. <laughs> In the water. Oh, yes. Rift Hampson. Uh, on this episode, we got to go to I wish we have a tally. How many times can we work Rift Hampson or uh, Prince Lee Char? Or, no, Lee Char, dude. Uh, I can deal with Rift. 
Lee Char needs uh, a needs a perm ban on the show. Lee Char, unless you show up, Lee Char. If you show up in a Lee Char T-shirt, that's the only thing I would. I'm, I'm going to cosplay with. Prince Lee Char with his little, say, this little wand blaster. Shit, dude, I'm done with Lee. No, Char. I don't like. I don't like King Lee Char. I only like the Prince version of him. <laughs> king, I draw a line. I, I miss me with the King, but. <laughs> Not deserving of the full throne. Uh, <laughs> so what happens? So she she crushes all the Aqualish, and then what? Where's she going? So she kills all the Aqualish and basically says, you know, I need to return these to the people that it belongs to. In the interim, she befriends this, uh, what'd you call it? What did you, was it? The dank fairy? Oh, it's a lava meerkat. No, the lava, the lava meerkat. Um, she befriends this uh, lava meerkat by giving it some food. Um, and then as she puts the bag over her shoulder like Santa Claus and heads out the room, that's where we kind of cut to that's right. um, our, next, our, our, our next scene, which is um, we meet. Uh, it's the meeting of Mando and the old crew as he arrives into port. Or into the, I don't know. It's like that same like like entry gate that they have at every Star Wars city. Um, But there's no like real, like there's no docking bays or anything. They just like fly into a lava flat. Yeah. Open flat or something. Lawless. You would think that someone would want some credits to like host them. But I guess think, not. Well, and they do have a tech crew there, so right. It's, Somebody's it's manned out. by somebody. Some parking so, spaces or something. Um, I don't know. It, it's just not as nice as Mos Eisley, or, which is hilarious because you know, that's ports, a hive but, of scum and villainy, and Navarro doesn't sure. have a docking bay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then so anyway, we we you know everybody's happy to see Mando and the child. Um, grief asks if the child has been taking care of Mando or if Mando is, excuse me, if Mando has been taking care of the child. And then he says, have you been taking care of him? Referring to the Mando. And, uh, he said, he makes some cooing noises and he said, see, look, he said, yes. (laughs) He walks off with the child. It's like great uncle grief. Oh, total grandpa. uh, Happy to see that. He's total grandpa. Yeah, total grandpa move. Just like, all right, I'm taking the kid and walking off. So my my favorite part of that scene though, they, they, they land and the razor crest landing anywhere now is just a gag. I mean, what different gag are you going to pull off? Because this, this Mm -hmm. hunk of junk ship, the, the whole door only goes halfway down. And when he walks on it, I fully expected it just to like, Drop. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought too. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it didn't though, it, but you do get this great, great scene with Grief Karga and the child, which the last time he saw the child, he mm-hmm. saved his life. Do the magic hand thing, baby. And mm-hmm. what a wonderful scene. And it's okay. like it's like the father driving around for the holidays, going to all the different relatives' houses, and the child is just like everyone just gravitates toward towards them, just mm-hmm. like in real life. This is such a good and it's- show. It was a cool it was a cool scene because right from the beginning when he's landing it's a very different tone. It's brighter. brighter. Uh it's not raining, it's not muddy. Yes. Uh you know, their wardrobe, Grief has his new like I'm the mayor wardrobe on yep. and looks very different. Cara Dune's still wearing her her outfit, but like Grief looks very different. He looks very It's got almost those clean um, cut like professional Emperor, uh, uh, Exegol Emperor robes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very regal, yeah. if you will. Um, so anyway, so it, it's a great scene. And as they're walking away, right, he looks over to this tech crew and he's asked to take care of the ship. And then you get... These you know, are these two, two of my best working. men. These are two of my yeah, best men. These are two men. of my best men. Clearly one of them uh, that we learn later on Hot is turn. not one of his best yeah. men, um, which looked very uh, similar to Ochi. Yeah. Um, the same did anybody species. Else get that? Yeah, we did. Yeah, you don't 
You don't see it when you first see him because he's not wearing the headpiece in the middle of his, on his forehead in between his eyes. But you do get it later on in the episode, uh, which we'll talk about, but it looked very much like Ochi. So Ochi doesn't have the ridges though. Um, Up on top of his head. And Ochi doesn't have a listed um, species, but he is Ochi of Bestoon. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, and we know that, that, um, alien that we saw on the shady alien Navarro. that reported was a Mimbanese from Mimban, just mm. like Gunny. Just Actually, like Gunny. Literally yeah. exactly yeah, like yeah, Gunny. Yeah. Just like Gunny. Yes. Uh, yep. Now, I don't think it is Ochi Abistoon. I think there is a resemblance, but uh, we will learn more. If you are a fan of Ochi Abistoon, you will learn more about Ochi Abistoon from the comics, the Star Wars comics. So keep your mm. eyes peeled for that. Little tidbit. So as they as they walk through the town, you can clearly see they're kind of rehabbing it. It's they got uh, it looks a lot better. Yep, they got plants. The buildings have been repaired from uh, the encounter of the Mandos and grief in his his group of bounty hunters. Um, people milling about. In fact, as they're yeah, people milling about, selling their wares on the street. Yeah, um, it's like bad too. You know, it's a, uh, it's uh, yeah, it looks very nice. Uh, great place to live. And they get, they get, they're walking through town, and as they're walking through town, they get to this bar or the bar that they had the shootout in. Um, and he's like, I'm surprised this place is still standing. Right. And and Kara says, Well, you'll be surprised what it looks like on the inside or something to that effect. But as they, it was interesting, as they were walking in, did you guys see the statue in the background? Yes. Yes. The uh, IG Eleven yes. statue back there. The hero. Yeah, super oh, yeah. cool. IG Eleven. Yep. So yep. cool. It was it was Savior. super cool. They yeah they walk in and do you think Mando, there's a local folk is, song about IG Eleven? Oh, there has to be. I hope there is. <laughs> At least like a they few. have a they have an IG Eleven day once a year or something and. <laughs> Build an IG-11 yes. float or something. I think it'd be Might great. as well. They, that's, <laughs> did you see the size of that statue? Uh, huge. Yeah, he's yeah. like a demigod. He deserved it. Yeah. yeah. Are you making oh, a yeah. Firefly reference? I love that you got it. Yes! <laughs> yes! The hero of Canton! <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, um, I get you, Kyle. Don't worry. <sighs> On my way, I don't like Josh. Firefly. On record. He robbed from the rich and he gave to the poor. Stood up to the man and he gave him what poor I love for him now. Ain't hard to explain. The hero of Canton, a man they call James. So they go. So as they go in the school, or as they go in this building, I think Mando's very surprised to learn. Um, it has been turned into a school. Crazy. For the children. It w- I mean, it looked completely different. Um, well, it's intense you know, remodeling it's, in the last season. So Yeah, yeah no sports. Dirty architecture on Navarro. Yeah. Yes. For real. Um, it's And it's packed full. Like, where were all these kids, you know... I mean, they were just all hiding in from the gunplay. Hiding, I assume. Hiding, hiding from, <laughs> yeah, from the empire, from everybody else. Like, there's all these. Kids. It's a packed full classroom, and they uh, they make the decision to leave the child there. Um, and Mando's a little it's about concerned, time. He doesn't but, even know red from blue. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they decide to leave him there, and he's even though he's 50 years old. Everybody looks at him like, "Why is this toddler in our class?" Right. Yeah. Um, and he immediately but, proceeds uh, to start cool. bullying his neighbor. Well, exactly. It it is interesting, though. This uh, it is the last time we seen this room. It was scorched from the infiltrator trooper or the incinerator trooper. Totally scorched up the whole deal. And 
it, it, I loved one thing that we glossed over was the teacher is a protocol droid who was talking yes. about trade routes, the outer rim, and dropped a lot of like mm-hmm. deep Star Wars cuts uh, in the background. So you'd have to like read the the Hydean way, read the mm-hmm. su- the subtitles or the audio description, or just listen closely. That was a lot of fun. I did appreciate that. But yes. yeah, you're right. This little toddler. I love that scene. I love that scene. Oh my and God, it was there awesome. is another Easter egg that we didn't get that we didn't notice when we recorded our Razor Crest Reacts. If you go back and watch a classroom scene, look at the girls' hair. All the girls in the room. They're oh, the different hair. iterations of Leia. So they have all the Leia hairstyles in that scene and Ray's hairstyle. So Leia from ESB, Leia from Endor. Um it's and there was another Leia hairstyle in there. Now that is so cool. That is so cool. Yeah. Which of course, yeah. if you're a, a young girl in the star wars universe like of course princess leia general leia organa solo and and ray are gonna be like your heroes yes mm-hmm. yes now ray yep. ray could have been in this classroom for all we know from the timeline standpoint so could have been ray <laughs> maybe we start that uh that that rumor no Let's not do that. Scooping. Uh, Scooping. Ray found live in Navarro. Started there and then it ended up on Jakku when she was like five or six or however old she was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that, yeah, there was a lot of cool drops by the teacher in there. The the Hydean Way, which is a major hyperspace lane. It's mentioned in several Legends books. Um, the Maelstrom, Maelstrom was mentioned yes, in there. Yes. Um, you know, super cool to hear those things. Um you know, I, you know, we, <laughs> I think everybody's kind of like taken aback by the child when he first comes in. Um, and then, but, but quickly they kind of like just resume lesson. Like they're just kind of back to paying attention to the teacher. Right. Um, and then, but the kid that's the poor kid that's sitting next to him is like eating his blue macarons, right. Space and, cookies and, en- and enjoying them. And little, little, little baby Yoda holds his hand out. Like, I want one. <laughs> like, please. would you please share? Please. He's a little spoiled, honestly. Like, he's used to getting the royal like, treatment, nope. the child. He is. Yeah, he's like, nope, these are my cookies. And then you quickly find uh, that uh, nobody tells the baby no. Because um, <laughs> that kid turned his head for two seconds and looks back and his cookies are gone. gone. Except for one. He had one left on the table. They were gone. And he's over there just already snacking away, right? Um, he gives him that look, though. He gives him that look like, yeah, I got him, and then turns right yeah. back to the protocol droid, like, can't do anything about it, <laughs> I'm bro. A, I'm going to enjoy class now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was it was funny because I saw a meme somebody had posted that said, a Jedi uses the force for knowledge and defense, never a snack. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was oh, hysterical. So I was like, yeah, yeah, that's about right. Great scene, man. So, I love it. It yes, was so humorous. Yes. This is the child's defining episode, in my opinion. And... Kudos for Carl Weathers for hitting all these comedy beats because they mm-hmm. it was funny. It was so funny. Yeah, and and it's I love hearing it because I I love like I like the fact that the child cannot talk yet, right? And it just kind of coos and makes noises because my daughter's six months old, and and like last night she was up at three a.m. or you know two yeah three a.m. to four wide awake just playing just chilling, but when she started getting sleepy, she's just making these little babbling noises and these cooing noises and it sounds right. just like the child and i'm like this is awesome right like it's so cool did she steal your cookies uh, no 
Oh. Just can't, she can't eat the green beans, still training. carrots. <laughs> still yes. training. Still training. She'll get there someday. <laughs> I, I will say the cookies. Uh, if you want to buy the Williams-Sonoma one for 50 bucks, have fun. My fiance made delicious homemade recipe. I think it cost us like $3 in materials. Yeah. It was, and I ate them, and everyone on the show on the Geeky Waffle loved them. It was, so if you want to do a sight gag or you want to take them to celebration, save the money, make them yourself. I'm mm-hmm. still eating them, actually. Mm-hmm. They're downstairs right now. So, anyways, very excited I've, about that. So they, I've seen yeah. those cookies that color before. You can you can get, like, real, yeah, real ones any, yeah. like, anywhere. Yeah. yeah. So, we leave, we leave the child there. Um, you know, they head back to talk some business um, while they're fixing up the ship. Um, they go back to Grief's office, and here we find Mithril. Uh, sitting at the desk and he clearly it's funny because he says uh what is it what is it uh you can't i can't or can't recognize the the code on it but i'm pretty sure i recognize the ship or something like that so he knows it's he knows it's mando's ship that just landed Mm. you know he knows (laughs) and i don't think he expected that he was going to walk in the office and as soon as he sees him he like vents i don't even know what that was like yeah <laughs> he's like blue he, gas he, out of his neck um you know he peed oh, himself. you guys made me ink he peed, yeah, he right. peed himself i mean he's so scared yeah. <laughs> yeah great scene so i like how he made find- a uh, reference to getting frozen in carbonite and he said he still can't mm-hmm. see out of one of his yes! eyes yes that was, yes. Really- that was yes. hilarious yeah um so we learned more about the the side effects of carbon freezing here um and we also kind of learn i think that the original bounty for him may have come from Greece. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I it assumed. Seemed like to me, that's what I yep. assumed. Um, because he, you know, he says um, uh, he, sk- you know, he worked for me since he was a polywog, and then decided one day with some crafty book editing he was going to take <laughs> off. He was skimming off so, the books, man. You can't, can't do that. that. Yep. I can't do that. You'll yep. get caught. Shady mithril. You'll get um, caught. We all saw what happened in Ozark. <laughs> Except for me, I haven't seen that, but I heard it's good. I gotta watch it. Well, you skim off the books, you get killed, Chris. That's the long and the short of it. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to do it. I don't want to get killed. <laughs> get murked. Uh, so I, I think that's where that original uh, bounty came from, which he is great. Didn't allude great to touch. it, but yeah, it was kind of a, a cool thing. Like, hey, I'm in control of all these bounty hunters. Don't mess with me. Don't double cross me. You know, I can issue this bounty at any time. So I thought that was kind of great cool. writing. Um, great writing, John yeah. Favreau. Thank you. Yeah, we here we also learn kind of about the uh, imperial base uh, well, outpost, if you will. Well, it's funny because they're, they're like, oh, they're just hanging out with them, and they take them to the school, and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, like I oh, was hanging out like chums, and then they're like, actually, mm-hmm. since you're here, uh, there's this like massive imperial help. base on the planet. It's like, fuck, yeah, what? Yeah. Like, I'm well, they did, do they did say like, uh, yeah, just leave the kid here because we don't want him to go where you won't want him where we're gonna go. Right, that's know, right, they that's up, right. Yeah, they said He's they were up to like, something, you gotta be but kidding me, dude. Well, he I knew mean, he uh, yeah. had basically like a life savings worth of work to be done on his ship, so he was pretty much <laughs> at their beck and call, I guess. Right? Yeah. He didn't yeah. have many options. Yeah. Right. I think it was a little interesting because, you know, when they start talking about the outpost, right? And Kara says, well, it's a, a skeleton. It's it's a skeleton, skeleton crew, crew now, yep. um, you know, but it's where all of those troops came from when Moff Gideon attacked. Um, but you hear, I think you hear a change here in grief where 
he, you know, he's talking about, well, it's got all these weapons. It's got vehicles that would be crazy on the black market. Um, you know, and he, Mando basically said, so you want them cleaned out before somebody else does. He's like, look, I just want them off my planet. He's like, because if we can get them off the planet, it opens the planet up. It's free. Now we can open up more trade and other things like that. And I I think you see a, a change in grief's character here where he genuinely doesn't care about anything else in that base. He just cares about getting rid of the remaining Imperials and opening up that port. And I think he realizes that's a more profitable situation for him in the long run than being controlled by either the Imperials or part of the resistance. Yeah, so to your point, Justin, he is thinking more financially long-term success in Navarro, where Kara goes into her dialogue where it is more of a noble thing, uh, freeing the people, freeing... It's more of a... a, kind of just her virtue just to to free the planet as a rebel shock trooper who has come from Alderaan and, and really wants to see a freed society. That, I think, is the mm-hmm. essence of the rebellion. Um, so, yeah, there's two points to look at. Grief is looking for the financial betterment, and Kara is looking at the mm-hmm. kind of the human side of things. People better. Which, not to skip ahead, but since you brought that up, she made a really weird comment at the end where he's talking, um, the X-Wing pilot, he's talking to her about, you know, we need we need help from the local systems and local magistrates and whatever, yes. whatever he calls them. And she says, well, I'm not a joiner, but like... Isn't that her exact thing? Didn't she join the rebellion and join Mando grief and join and Grief <laughs> and jo- like? Hasn't she, has she a joined? Tattoo on her face. Yeah, the logo. Like, she's literally as, branded. As as like she's joined a bunch could. of stuff. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't get mm-hmm. what that was supposed to mean. Other than Maybe like, we'll find out. Screw you! I don't want to join your thing. But like, she's clearly a joiner. The only joiner Maybe. I can think of is the Joiner King book series and i see josh is smiling right now uh if you're familiar with the joiner king i would love to see how that comment plays into anything that you can pull from that that story it's wild how much we've referenced that book it is especially recently Mm -hmm. thanks to dr mandible it's it's (laughs) It's a story of the killix it's actually really freaking good it's a good book um but that would be interesting. Cara Dune had anything to do with the Killix mm-hmm. or the Joiner King. Um, we'll see. Time will tell. Yeah. John Favreau has surprised us before. We shall see. All right, carry so, on. Carry on. Yeah. So we head out. Um, the crew heads out uh, in a land speeder uh, to la the base. A new hope. Very it good is looking a, land speeder. It's so mm-hmm. cool. But the sh- the scene, the shot, everything about that shot, mm-hmm. reminisced to a new hope land speeder scene. Carl Weathers hits the beats. My God, mm-hmm. I have goosebumps right now talking about it. Carl Weathers delivered for diehard Star Wars fans in the whole, very good ways. The whole dialogue while they're traveling in the land speeder between grief and um, Mithril about He is giving Terry no quarter, man. He is <laughs> no, like no, on no, him, no. like stink yes. on shit. He is not giving him a break. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> We we learn a little bit about um, his you know he's wearing a humidity vest right so clearly that keeps him it's got to be moist such a whiner there's a trigger word for those people that don't like that word moist, moist. he's no he's no Ezra though <laughs> oh come on so Ezra's so no whinier than Ezra. Luke oh my god all right carry on um, carry on I can't I can't okay, dog so, Ezra on right, this podcast the only, the 
only thing that I did not like about the dialogue all the way up until they get to the door and they discuss, you know, the lock and it's imperial trash and blah, blah, blah. The reference to Dank Ferrick again. Again! This is now... Forcing this on us. fourth, fourth time? Third or fourth time we've used this slang term in Star Wars. And it, to me, I'm going, okay, is it just like an ongoing joke that we're using this through the episodes and that we're, we're supposed to be listening for? Or is this like... We don't have any other slang terms, so let's throw this in there as the slang. Right, term. Chris. Chris. Yeah, well, it, they used to call people slimos all the time too, but I took I it. That I took it as like a, a regional thing because the planets. Oh. He's only been in a very small area for the whole series. You know, we've been to Navarro a few times, mm-hmm. and we've been to like. He hasn't gone anywhere. So, like, it's these. So, pe- it's like Yoon's these people. Yeah. From it's, I, I think maybe it's just that's like, <laughs> that's how you say, oh shit, in, in that area. People say maybe. Dank Ferret. Gotcha. You know? Gotcha. Okay. Maybe. Okay. I didn't view it like that, but yeah, I could see that. Makes sense. Um, you know, uh, you know, and I thought it was interesting when they get there, you know, they're trying to pick the lock. And again, more funny dialogue with, um, uh, mithril and such, you know, he's like such good dialogue I, I he's like this thing's cut out for light plumbing lady like <laughs> yeah so so well so they get it they they finally get to the base and it's that classic imperial built on a cliff it is unobtainable it is a, a curiosity of why they would ever build such a monolithic structure in such a bizarre terrible place the empire really needs to get new engineers uh across all spectrums um but they build this crazy base on this valley, this cliffside that's literally hundreds, mm. if not thousands of feet high. And I love it, by the way. I just want to be very clear. I love Imperial <laughs> designs, even though they just don't make any sense. <laughs> I love Imperial designs. Um, but they get to this little elevator, this this just a weird elevator in the bottom of this cliff for inexplicable reasons. And Mando's trying to get the controls to work. And he's like, oh, man, these have been melted by lava. And he's like, oh, it's junk. It's And then mm-hmm. Kara's like, oh, it's Imperial trash. And they're like, oh, it's not rated for lava. So, of course, we get another badass jetpack scene. Mando's like, yep. all right, dude, I'm just going to go up to the, the loading bay. And I'm just going to fly up. So he flies up. And it leaves Mithril grief and Kara trying to get in this thing. And, yeah, he has the Mithril has this tiny little torch with him. <laughs> And he's for light plumbing. Love for light and plumbing. Such. <laughs> and he's trying to break into the elevator. It's hilarious. I like I like way overthink some of this stuff, but that whole like string of dialogue there when they're talking about that lock, it just like makes me think of, of course, the the giant empire would be cutting corners and they'd be sending people to this lava planet where they don't they're yeah. not from there and they don't know what they're doing so they order the wrong <laughs> right. stuff and it doesn't even work and like right. just the how, real world yeah yeah how useless this this massive machine would be or how ineffective it would be I guess right. inefficient mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Hi, I'm Kyle. Will you be an angel for a helpless baby Yoda? Every day, baby Yoda is chased by bounty hunters and abused by scout troopers, and he's crying out for help. Please click the subscribe button on your screen and join the Star Wars friends with a monthly gift right now. For only 60 calamari flan a month, you'll help rescue baby Yoda from their abusers and provide food, shelter, Jedi training, and Beskar armor. Subscribe now and follow us on Twitter in the next 30 minutes to receive this tweet 
with a gif of Baby Yoda, who's been given a second chance thanks to you. Baby Yoda needs our help, so please subscribe, rate, and review right away. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Star Wars Friends Podcast. Subscribe to the Star Wars Friends for weekly episodes featuring the latest news, in-depth analysis, fan questions, and conversation on all things Star Wars. If you're enjoying the Star Wars Friends, please leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. And make it a great one. Now, back to the Star Wars Friends. Well, they eventually get in the elevator and uh, they make their way up to the platform where it's. we find out it's not a skeleton crew. And, no, and Mando's kind of a comment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's like... He's like empty base, huh? Well, and because earlier she had said skeleton crew, but I was like, well, two she ways to think about this. Base. She said skeleton. Crew. Two ways to think about this, and this is already. I'm gonna. I'm gonna maybe veer into uh, tinfoil hat territory. Number one, she just didn't know, didn't have the right intel. Maybe it was just based on their observations. They didn't get too close, or, or maybe she's actually a spy for the Empire. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Think about it. I think it is intentional disinformation on the part of the Empire. They wanted you to think that this is just one of their barely manned, about to be abandoned that bases. That too. But it's actually a front for this super top secret experimental project that they're working on, which is why it is mm-hmm. actually fully manned and fully protected and defended and all that stuff because Good there's call. this secret project of of jar people yeah that makes well, sense well, well, hey hey you're going a little head <laughs> yes. we're almost there i'm um, sorry spoiler alert so if you haven't watched the go. episode no, for some reason no, i mean the next part's pretty quick <laughs> they they start to make their way through the base they get to the control room right um they dis they dispatch of this uh comms officer pretty quickly great um, scenes by the way hold uh, hang on um, hang on justin you'll appreciate this dude i mean we got to see classic original trilogy era stormtroopers, clean, pristine. This is the mm-hmm. first time we've seen them. I mean, really, and it was just such an amazing touch to this episode. It really puts you in the moment and the era. You know exactly where you're at in the timeline. But to see those clean stormtrooper uniforms on screen again is just great. The dialogue is hilarious. The trooper dialogue is spot on. It is exactly what you would expect from old video games in the 1990s and early 2000s. And mm-hmm. anyways, I'm just geeking out. I, I loved it. I loved it. I actually loved the Imperial aesthetics on the inside of the bases they're running through. You had the classic oval mm-hmm. backlit, um, you know, wall the pill lighting pieces. and everything. Yeah. The pill yeah. lighting back there. Um, you know, long hallways that don't seem to have any doors. It's just long hallways <laughs> right. connected to other long hallways. I I enjoyed the Imperial aesthetics. Um, the, the, of speeder, the, base. the speeder bike bay where they had all the speeder bikes lined up. Yes. That was super yes. cool. Yep. Uh, which were the like kind of white colored ones versus the tan colored ones that you see on indoor. It's more like the ones that they use or that you would get with the Imperial Walker. Yep. Uh, yep. Um, you know, the Legacy Collection one. It's very um, cool. 
But but uh, you, but you missed a very you missed a very important uh, part of the story here. So they were actually they wanted to blow up the reactor. So before they get to the little lab, so our heroes are actually running through this imperial base. Mm-hmm. Taking out these beautiful stormtroopers, and they are—they they, want to destroy this base. They want to get rid of this base. So, what's the best way to do that in Star Wars? Go after the reactor. Go core. out on a ledge. You go on something that's yeah. hard to stand <laughs> on. That's the. Do you this think? Is, do you no think when stormtroopers go out there, they like clip into something? Is there some kind of safety to. measure? Is there an OSHA standard? What's going on? No OSHA standard. Well, no know. OSHA standard. The Emperor's will is enough, but the. I love the call out though. That oh my god, it was awesome, dude! This episode, okay, we okay for anyone that says this episode is filler is clearly not paying attention. There was so much greatness in this episode. Uh, this turned out maybe to be my favorite episode of the season so far, and I know that's crazy with Cobb Vanth with Bo-Katan. Ooh. I know, but like there was so many that's good bold. Star Wars. This was the best Star Wars for me as a Star Wars fan. This is pure mm-hmm. Star Wars. So this reactor scene is. It the lava cooling literally station. spells out Star Wars and all the fun things I love about it. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Cal. And I really, I really like how they they gave us new information. They moved the plot forward. Mm-hmm. They gave us some like big time little references yeah. that are fun to the diehards. There was good action sequences. They hit on a lot of stuff. The stuff I feel like is filler are the ones where. There's a lot of shooting blasters and a lot of action, and but then there's ultimately, it, if it never happened, it wouldn't have changed anything. Right. Um, but I don't think that's the case here. I think this, no. there was a lot no. going no. on, and a, a kudos to the writing and directing so crew good. for that. It was, I mean, it was beautiful. It was great. So good. Yeah. So good. So they... They end up sending Mithril around like this, this <laughs> narrow leg. Well, okay, okay. So no, wait, hang on. We're still Terry. not even setting the scene. They are like thousands of feet above a lava flow. Yeah, Terrifying. Like, right, well, I'm right. scared of heights and and lava. And lava. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. So that you know they're terrified. And yeah, there's no guardrail. Right. So yeah, you're right. Grief sends Mithril to go shut down the reactor core. And of course, he's like super afraid. Anyone would be. And he he's yeah. tapping his foot on the steel, uh, the the guard the, no guard the not the guardrail, but the the galleyway, the walkway. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to do goes, it. He utters my favorite line of the season so far. He looks back at them and he's like, "There's no guardrail." <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't even look safe. Dude, the delivery is so good. It's classic, like meta, like commentary. It's so good. Chris, you've uh, come so far on Horatio Sands in the last year and a half. I, I'm so, I like Scott. Our friend Scott is gonna kill me because I'm because I'm flip flopping again. Which, by the way, I've reserved to write to change my mind on all Star hey, Wars. Changes please. growth, man. Um, but I, I do. Mithril has really shown a lot of character development <laughs> that I enjoy. It's yeah. funny. He's, He's got funny. a lot more going on now. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, Justin, sorry. <laughs> we find the Mithril on the on the galleyway here. And what's what happens next? Well, it was a nice nod, you know, back to Obi-Wan disengaging the tractor beam, walking around the narrow ledge. Um, And it was also kind of a nice nod to, um, I think it was uh, Family Guy. Isn't that where they first brought it up where the two Death Star gunners are standing there? He's like, they were talking about, (laughs) about, there's not even a guardrail on this thing. I could fall into that beam anytime. (laughs) And just they're concerned with safety in the Empire's. Someone's got to be. Uh, 
it's it's awesome to just see them kind of pulling yes. all of Star yes. Wars resources, no matter what, into this this show. So um, anyway, he he gets it turned off. Uh, he heads back around. They figure they've got about ten minutes um, before it, everything blows up, um, and they start you know basically racing back through the hallways. Now they're gonna you know start to encounter some stormtroopers because yep. they've tr- triggered alarms. Um, everybody's kind of racing to track down what's going on. They take a, a cor- uh, take a turn um, into what appears to be like a wider hallway, but it's a it's room. A room. Um, it's a room. Uh, there are two science officers uh, in this room, clearly, quickly uh, erasing something. Look, when you when you walk into a room and people info. immediately start trying to dispose of evidence, <laughs> they even something's say, yeah. up. Yeah, they're they're like, even saying, flush yeah. it, flush it. Like, oh, you got to. Mm, well, mm, I think mm. they were already, I think they were already in the process of destroying the information because the alarms were going off. But as soon oh, as Mando and the crew okay. came around the corner and he looks up, he goes, destroy it or, or you know, just blast it. And they start opening fire on the, 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 the pad or yeah, whatever the yeah. the table the computer right um one of them starts to shoot at them and the other one just starts to shoot at the pad um but i think they were already in the process of purging that okay. information makes sense based on the alarm that was going off so because they i don't think they knew what the alarm no. was um but anyway they quickly get dispatched no match for mando and the nope. crew um but then you see some as they're walking into this room you see some really disturbing things that clearly none of them are comfortable with and uh we see you know mini jars of snokes or some form of being uh with human form with a growth coming off their head on uh, down the side something we didn't get a clear um, shot at at most no, of you them didn't and barely a clear shot at one yeah. yes yes um, and I've seen people like I've seen it on the Twitter where, you know, they've put the like Snoke enhanced head enhanced, fading enhanced. in and out over the, the clone thing. And I get it. People that's, you know, you're, you're looking at it from that standpoint, but, um, it's clearly something that they were not expecting to see. They just thought it was a military right. installation. And now they've stumbled into something much, much larger. That's probably they literally gotta... took their first step into a much larger world. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, I got to tell you, this is another, this scene in particular is another reason why this is probably my favorite episode of the season so far. So much. If you love creative writing, if you love dark science, uh, if you love dark science, cloning (laughs) secrets, only the Sith knew this is your perfect moment here. Now, now in all seriousness, Beaumont Ken is terrible, but this scene (laughs) is awesome. Okay. Right away. You get the musical cue. Okay. You get that musical Mm -hmm. cue and it's, it's very reminiscent of the Sith or uh, listen, I get blown up all the time saying Kylo Ren or Snoke or whatever. The Sith, the, Sith. the the Sith uh, music cue from the sequel trilogy. We start getting those Snoke esque uh, musical cues over mm-hmm. those tanks. To your point of the humanoid figures inside of those tanks. So right away, if you've watched Star Wars, you're familiar with Kamino. You understand the concept of cloning. You've watched the sequel trilogy. You know what Snoke is. You listen to the music. A lot of your brain just starts going a million miles per hour. You're like, oh, what is going on here? And then they get to that recording, which we'll go to in a second. But Kyle, what's on your mind? I saw a thing online. So 
grain of salt, but someone said <laughs> that when we first heard the Snoke theme, that it sound people thought it sounded very similar to um, what played in the prequels when Plagueis. They were talking about Plagueis. Close. Um, it's similar. It's similar, so but it's not the same. I wonder if mm. the, it, could we be in another situation where this is a similar dark side Sith Lord theme, maybe not exactly the same as Snoke or Plagueis or something like that. That's what that said. I have some long ass form theories about this Mm -hmm. long form theories, which we might get to at the end of this episode based on time. But uh, I mean, that really Kyle, I love, I love everything about this scene because you can go in so many different directions whether it's a Plagueis musical cue Snoke maybe they overlap the two so that's why you're hitting the, hearing the du- dual tones um, and that correlates with a lot of really good thoughts of where the story can go so my god what a mm-hmm. great what a great great scene and then it's capped off by a Dr. Pershing hollow so they send Mithril oh, yeah. to, to more Dr. Pershing Love it. You send Mithril yes. to the council to see what's going on, and it pulls up this Dr. Pershing conversation. Uh, and mm-hmm. Justin, go ahead and go into what, what we learn in this this hollow. It, so it was a very wordy summary. Like, you had to go back and re-listen to it a couple times to understand what he's talking about, because he used uh, a lot of big words in there. But basically, he said the replicated results, they were trying to replicate the results of subsequent trials um, that had already been done. I think, um, but the, yeah, go I ahead. think he said, cause I like you watched this multiple, multiple times. Yeah. It was I think very weird. Cause I think they were talking about the most recent trial of some experiment they've been doing over mm-hmm. and over. And he said they replicated the results of the subsequent trials, which meant everyone before died when we tried this. Yep. And this mm-hmm. person's dying too. Agreed. Yep the body rejected the blood that they were trying to inject into it, which he does mention, uh, they would need a higher M count. I don't, I don't think we could find a subject with a higher M count. So clearly lots of midichlorians in the child. Yes. Um, but it was a, it was great to hear that reference back to (laughs) episode one. Um, that was awesome. Um, Why not just say midichlorian though? Did I just sound like Luke Skywalker there? Why not say Metachlorian though? <laughs> I wanted to go to episode one for some Metachlorians. Uh, I, I I don't know. It's a it's a buzzword in Star Wars. Maybe they were worried about triggering just a certain sect of the <laughs> fandom or something by even yeah, mentioning. You're, no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Not wrong. But hey, I'm Jason Fry. Thanks for listening to Star Wars Friends podcast. Looking for fun and excitement without having to join the First Order or Resistance? Come join your Star Wars friends and experience the fun and excitement at Canto Bight Hotel and Casino located on the beautiful planet of Cantonica. Our state-of-the-art facility offers a beautiful Fathir racetrack, all the newest hollow tables, and the finest libations and cuisine across the galaxy. Enjoy top-notch entertainment nightly such as Figrin Dan and the Modal Nodes, the Max Rebo Band, and Arodia Ventifoli. 
Witness some of the fastest sky racing in the galaxy with first-rate pilots Hype Phazon. Hype Phazon is in the building! Tora Doza. Where's my cute little furball? Freya Fenris and Griff Halloran. Okay, I still don't get why we all had to come along. Just listen to some of our happy guests. Oi! Misa love Canto Bite Hotel and Casino! Misa win muy muy credits! Whether you're here for relaxation or excitement, the Canto Bite Hotel and Casino can provide whatever you desire. There is so much to do here, odds are you'll have the time of your life. Maybe. Gambling problem? Reach out by Holland to the New Republic Gambling Addiction Hotline. The number is 800-IMI-NDBT. The number again is 800-IMI-NDBT. One more time, the number is 800-IMI-NDBT. This advertisement has been brought to you by the Star Wars Friends. Please gamble responsibly. But they, he, he does basically allude to we would need the child again right. for more more Set sample. the stage. Um, you know, I, I would need the child again for more sample. I will not fail you this time. Um, and basically, the first time he tried to extract the blood, he basically said it would have killed, killed him, him if I'd have kept taking the blood. So um, I think he realizes he has to kind of do it in waves and try to keep him alive as long as he can and just take a little bit at a time. Um, but anyway, they, so the message ends and, and Din Jaren's going, well, Moff's getting, Moff Gideon's dead. That's He's an like, old recording. This must be an old recording. And he goes, no, this message is like three days ago, dude. <laughs> like, dun, dun, no, dun. it's not that old. So here we, Din learns Gideon's still alive. Um, and he's out there somewhere. And I loved this part because he says, um, you know, he's like, oh, if Gideon's alive then. And then just pause. And like, you get that realization, yeah. right? Which yeah. brought me right back to Luke when him and Obi-Wan find the Jawas. And he says, uh, that's going to lead him you back. Know, he's like, that's going to lead them back <laughs> home. And like, there's that big yeah. pause and realization, yeah, right? right? And then he goes off running. Um, so it kind of took me right back to that moment. Um, and I think, you know, Kara, Kara basically says, look, you jet yeah, pack you get home because you'll get home faster. You go ahead get and head home, man. We'll, we'll be all right. And uh, so he takes off, goes to get the kid. And as he's like leaving, he dispatches more stormtroopers. In the reactor core. Which was in the reactor core because I love it. He gets up there and blasts one of them at the top. And in the it cuts down to like two of them down below who are trying <laughs> to like turn the thing off. And then this dude goes, ah. It's kind of hilarious uh, from the top, but we do get to Um, see that badass jetpack moment from the trailers, from the season trailer, uh, where Mm -hmm. he flies over the the cliff on that jetpack. My, I will say it a thousand times: I will never get tired of seeing jetpacks in Star Wars. It is some of the coolest Mm -hmm. stuff. Oh man, is it awesome! So well done, and soon enough we will see Boba Fett uh, in all his majesty. MC Chris is probably. MC Chris is probably really happy about it. <laughs> An MC Chris reference. <laughs> MC Chris. Um, so Kara and Grief head back to the hangar bay, um, you know, trying to get out of there. They get pinned down by some troops. Uh, Mithril's oh, freaking by the out. Way, the worst. Yeah. Mithril, not yeah. a bad shot. Smoked a uh, Imperial officer in that lab. Uh, or a mm-hmm. stormtrooper with, yeah. with confidence, with gusto. Just kind of flings his blaster and get that shot. <laughs> I did notice on my uh, most me- recent watch, he um, he is a decent shot. He's not like um, tactically wise though. Doesn't like Car- no, Carradine's no. grabbing him and putting him behind cover and stuff, <laughs> and he looks like a I don't know, like a <laughs> getting around the corner. He looks like he's like eighty years old or something. Oh but, yeah, he's stumbling. But well, he's probably like four thousand years old. The Mithril live a long time, I it's guess. Old, but. old. Mm-hmm. 
So she, they get there, and basically she leaves it up to those two to cover her as she makes a break for the Marauder, um, the troop transport, uh, or the the prison transport thing. And <laughs> she gets in this thing, and, and I got to say, it was cool to see that thing, like, power up, you know, fly towards the, fly over to pick them up. The, the cover on it kind of blows away. Um, you know, they try to make an escape back through the base, through the open right, blast right. doors, and that gets closed. Um, so she turn she whips that thing around. Great, very nimble. Yeah. Uh, by the way, yeah. for for whips. Kenner collectors, I'm so friggin' happy that we got the troop transport in live action. We got it in Rebels. Now we're seeing it in live mm-hmm. action. This is well, we saw it kind of a little bit last season. You saw it in season but, one, but this yeah. is like actually in action. Like like yeah. what you yeah. probably as a kid imagined the Rebel troop transport, which if you don't get the reference, was a toy that was designed for the Kenner line that didn't actually appear in any of the movies originally. So you bought it and you're like, well, this is dumb. Why are the why are the soldiers hanging out of the side of the transport? It's it's a really bizarre vehicle. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it was super cool to watch them like whip this thing around because we saw the the scene in um, Rebels where they're going to free um, Sabine's dad has been captured. Uh, dad. Yeah, had been captured. And you see these like three transports kind of moving across the desert. But for some reason in the animated version, I didn't get the sense of how fast they were right. or how quickly they were right. moving, yeah. right? But when you see it in live action and they they take this thing and they whip it around and they're going through the canyons and the speeder bikes are behind them, for some reason for me, it just felt very more real. Yes. Like these things can actually haul ass. And and I didn't, you know, watching Rebels, like they you kind of knew they were fast just not that fast because no. it's it's an animated version of it so um but i got a very uh grand theft auto vibe a little like bit, when she's bit. like driving it right at the the two troopers before she takes off the cliff um you know right. the the scene with the three of them screaming as it careens oh, classic humor. was classic awesome. humor it was awesome i do i loved this episode i have one little nit to pick here um so when they drive off the edge it shows that troop transport 100% perpendicular to the ground, nose down, like mm-hmm. they're going to head on collision with the surface. And then it cuts and they drop and land right on the tires. Like, I'm not, Maybe I'm not it's clear a on how that lift. really It's a happens. repulsor lift. It's the repulsors, yeah, man. Repulsor yeah. It's a repulsor. It is a That's repulsor craft. Level. That's the. Yeah. 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 So that makes sense mm. to me. I feel like I they will- needed to show that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> this is though i mean to see a troop transport the 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 point of view from that camera angle was so awesome you just see it careen off the cliff it's like that's badass it was so cool yeah so cool um it, it, the, i mean the best part it gets down to the bottom and and let's be honest kyle i mean the speeder broke its fall sure yeah <laughs> right like it just yeah. you know hit the front end and kind of yeah. scooped out like this and uh you know it crashes <laughs> Right and, on top of it. You know, they all yell and woohoo. And, you know, Mithril goes, Wait, was that my speed? <laughs> and, like, he realizes his speeder's been crushed. Probably get a couple uh, years off of his off. Uh, indentured servitude, maybe. Yeah, there you go. Another 20 years, maybe, maybe. Um, so he, so they go, they go tearing down the canyon, canyon and, uh, this is this was I loved this shot was the uh, the biker scouts Unreal. hopping Unreal. on on the Always speeder bikes good. and just going down that cliff and you can just tell it was uh, the two the two run into each yeah, other they don't do and that move take a lot huh? out that was brutal no. that was brutal for Star Wars get two speeder bike uh, pi- or scout troopers colliding and exploding together but let's talk about what 
how why it worked. I mean, it was so fast. You felt like you were in the action. And we uh, uh, chasing yes. these speeder bikes through dangerous situations. I mean, can you imagine Endor chasing in twenty twenty graphics? Oh, I mean, man. whoa. Mm. Well, it's just there. Mm. It's so much different because you get the you, you get dirt kicking up, and you get the yeah the scout troopers leaning into it, and the bikes are are rolling. They're not so stationary like they were in right. in uh, Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. He's dragging his foot across the ground. Just cool little details that make it seem more yeah. real and organic. I just wanted to, just in the interest of being like. Um, like showing the differences, I guess, or like being true to the Wikipedia that, so the, the troop transport from last season and the one that's the toy is the K 79 S 80 Imperial troop transport. And the one we see in this episode is actually different. It's called a Trexler Marauder. It says it's, it's similar, Hmm. but not the same. You're right. Terry Hmm. Mithril actually drops the word Marauder while describing it. Okay. Yeah. And he does reference what he could get for it on the black market. So apparently it's a hot item. A couple calamari flan, probably. Yeah, yeah. I think the major Um, difference is the the troop transport has more of those side ports. The outside. It has six. Mm. Troop transport has six. So I wonder how much the Marauder. This almost looked like like something that would defend one of those other transports, right? Because it had to be in a convoy or something. Yeah, like part of okay. the convoy, maybe a decoy or something. It's kind of what it looked like, but well, it's hauling guard. ass um, through the canyon. That's all I know. Yeah, it's hauling ass through the canyon. Um, you know, they're getting chased by uh, biker scouts. Um, you know, Kara does some fancy driving and dispatches, which is a classic move. Like, never pull alongside. Like, if you're on a motorcycle, don't pull no, alongside the eighteen nope. wheeler and hope that you're going to do something. Unless um, you're in Terminator, you're just get smacked into a wall. Two, the movie. Um, right, right. Um, you know, so the one guy gets dispatched. The other guy gets actually up on top of it uh, and tries to blow it up with a grenade. Um, and I think he got dist- what Did he actually get shot yeah, by the yeah. cannon so, or so, just distracted So, Kara, by so the Kara's cannon? driving, trying to get away from the speeder bikes, and she sends Grief back to the guns. Grief's like, oh, yeah, I yeah. got to get back there. Yeah. So he's firing at the different uh, the speeder bikes. But you're right. One guy gets up there, and you see that classic Star Wars, like, uh, the, the little targeting the targeting system, system. and it's yeah. actually like the silhouette of a of a trooper which is the first time you see that it's hilarious yeah he gets he gets one of them um but the one he pretty uh, proud of himself too of i gotta say yeah, she should have told him not to get cocky but uh, at 72 <laughs> i would be very stoked too yeah don't get cocky old man yeah. yeah uh but the one that gets up on top he's got the grenade in hand and he like looks back at the cannon because he sees it's like aimed at him mm-hmm. at this point. Did the grenade in his hand blow up or did he actually get good, shot by the yeah, cannon? Yeah, who knows? That's a good question. I don't know, but but as they careen off and all the biker scouts are dispatched, you see the biker scout head helmet roll in the dirt yep. a little bit. That yep. was a nice touch. Um, but in the interim, the base at this point is starting to blow. So the remaining troops that are there are basically hauling ass out. You see a couple of the, um, what is it, the Outlander mm-hmm. TIE Fighters? Mm-hmm. Start to take off. Um, they start the to take wings. off, but the, yeah. but the heroes don't yep. know that though. The fo- they don't no, know the foldy know wings are being uh, launched at this point, so they think they're free. Right. They see the shockwave. Yeah. They, uh, the the base is blowing. They did up. a little woohoo. Yeah, they're ready. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you hear the 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 sound of the twin ion engines rolling in. I mean, that was coming in behind this, him. The yep. Ludwig Gordonson soundtrack just drops out. 
I mean, that's the subtle, that's the subtle <laughs> nod that you're, well, that's a subtle cue there that if you watch this episode mm-hmm. again, pay attention to the music score after they celebrate. It just totally disappears. And those twin ion engines, Justin, that's mm-hmm. what really, you hear those and it really sets the tone like, oh, we're not out of this. And they're I, terrified. I was super stoked. I was super stoked to get some more extended footage of these TIE fighters and the TIE pilots in the cockpit. Yes. Um, you know, because I like mine. So my my TIE, my TIE pilot is a Return of the Jedi TIE pilot. But I have the Mohawk down the top middle uh, of the helmet. And I have the teardrops that come down oh, yeah, yeah. from yeah. the eye lenses down the cheeks. So it was cool to see that same paint scheme fo- like used because there's different variations that you can get of paint schemes on the front. But um, I was super excited to see some extended footage of the TIE fighters and the pilots in them, albeit not very good pilots. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but it was nice to see very some cool. uh, extended footage of that. Yeah, I always think the ships look really good um, near a planet surface, too, like in atmosphere. It's always yes. fun. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, the ships in space are good, too, of course. But uh, I, I always appreciate the planet surface even more. Like, you got a lot of it in Rogue One. Um, Force Awakens. Force Awakens coming across the water mm-hmm. was awesome. I really oh, like yeah. this. Yeah. 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 So one of the throwbacks that Carl Weathers has, or I'm sorry, the Star Wars beats, I'll call it, is inside the TIE fighter cockpit, like you were mentioning, Justin. One of my favorite Star Wars uh, moments is when you get to see the inside of the ships blow up when the ship blows up. We all all know Porkins. Eject! Eject! Where the the fuck was he going to eject? He was in space. What are you telling him to eject for? In the Uh, middle of like a... Space battle. battle. (laughs) (laughs) Eject. I'm going Uh, down with the ship at that point. Yeah. (laughs) But I love these moments where you see the pilots like they burn up right before the the fireball. But what I Mm -hmm. loved was Carl Weathers put them in the episode too, but they were different. They were new. They were new versions of it. They were different angles. They were mm-hmm. different screams. They were authentic. Can you imagine how much fun they had filming those? I mean, you're a Star Wars oh, yeah. fan. And you're like, oh, I get to blow up in a cockpit. This is going to be awesome. If I even got oh, to yeah. sit in the hope. cockpit, you, you'd have to put a helmet on me because I wouldn't be able to stop smiling. There's no way. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to act unless that right. was what the acting was. Like, hey, get in there and be really happy. That I could do, but otherwise, <laughs> no way. I'd have to be yes. uh, I'd have be to have menacing. Be menacing and blow up. That's your cue. Uh, it get, it gives me that hope that maybe someday I'll get the call to come up and serve the Empire in one of these oh, shows. How crazy! Oh, you how would. crazy! Awesome. I would love oh, that. Oh my goodness! Um, but but grief. He takes one out. He manages to get. Well, there's four of them. Right? Four? Three. three. Four? Three. He gets one of them. Takes that one out. No, there's, there's four. There's four. You're right. He takes four. he takes yep. one out. It clearly damages the back gun. So he's now. Gun. Yeah, like it he blows it up right and, and it like it. flies forward. Yeah, like yep. It he hit yeah. it and the momentum just kind of caught up with him and flew into the gun. He dove out of the way uh, to kind of keep from getting hit by debris. But at this point, they don't have any defense and they're just kind of going across this open. Now they're in this flat. Yeah. They're in the lava flats. Yeah, they're in the no flats. cover, no guns, no cover, no nothing, and sitting. You know, they've ducks. got three Tie Fighters sitting bearing down ducks. on them, shooting guns, um, and. As they the, they kind of completed that first 
pass, right? And you see all three of them kind of in a line. And then the next thing you see is that middle one. Just you see blasters coming out of pop, 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 pop. And it just blows up that middle one. And here comes the razor crest down through the middle. And the other two just kind of go oh, flanking yeah, yeah. different directions. And and the music kicks uh, in. Yeah, the, the heroic theme. Awesome, the heroic yes, theme. The crest looking nice moment. again. Oh, sharp. Mm-hmm. Sharp. Yep. Woo. Back to 100%. Uh, you know, cuts to the cockpit and you see Mando. Oh, my God. You see the child, the child. back there eating his, Still eating those his blue macaroons. He's strapped in. <laughs> he's got his arms up in the air like <laughs> he's, he's in a roller coaster. Dude. <laughs> he's loving there's it. There's no oh, better. For now. There's no, no better child moments in the, all the seasons. I mean, the two seasons. No, this is my favorite. What about the eggs? Awesome. Oh, way better than the <laughs> eggs, dude. <laughs> Stop trying to be controversial, Josh. It's just like you. Fight, throwing a firebomb into this beautiful episode we got here. But he's he is just loving this. Oh, he's and just like it's a such a fun. He's got ride. his he's snacks in his hand, and he's he's got his arm. Dude, it's so uh, funny. Well, yep. I mean, that's yep. a pro he, move. You don't don't get on a flight without a snack, people. Come on, that's day one stuff. <laughs> right. Um, Mando breaks off to the right in search of the Tie Fighter, going to the right. They both kind of enter this vertical climb, and this is where I say these. Tie pilots were terrible because they didn't do any maneuvers other than well, they, they, were well, they did not know a few maneuvers. Listly, late. What is? What do they say in uh, Family Guy? You didn't really do anything. You just <laughs> listed lazily to, to the left. To the yeah. left. <laughs> like he With just went solid straight up. He didn't really yeah. do anything. Well, and at the top, he um, like cuts the engines off and just kind of like rolls over. He was a sitting duck for like four seconds. But yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not and a tie so pilot. Gets, I don't know. You know. Yeah. You so know. he gets popped. Uh, Razor Crest cuts the engines back. Like he, he likes it over, that move. He's done it a few times. The Ray now. maneuver. Bam. The Ray maneuver, which is not oh. a suicidal maneuver, like the Holden maneuver. But he did pull the Ray maneuver. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Ray does do that in the Falcon too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, Anakin kind of does it in the pod racing. You're right. Remember when You're he right. goes off the exit ran and it goes up mm-hmm. and he just boom, yep. hits that throttle and drops right down on top of uh, Sebulba. So what a slam! Um, but he gets the first. He gets the first one, and then as he's kind of screaming back down towards the planet, the second one is kind of flying up towards him, and he's doing this barrel he's doing dog maneuver, maneuver shooting at this tie pilot. This tie pilot's just flying straight, going. Pop, 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 pop. Well, he's got the targeting like, computer. Do something. The, he's do a, something. The crest is in the targeting computer, so but he doesn't he, have to be. Fancy. He performed evasive maneuvers. He did. Uh huh. He did. <laughs> it is a dogfight, though. Uh, Classic th- dogfight. Beautiful. I believe that corkscrew move right there is what made those blue cookies go from inside to outside, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so yes. Mando dispatches the uh, the remaining uh, TIE fighter, and you know we see this lovely scene of celebration. <laughs> Another from woohoo. Gre- from grief very, and mithril uh, and very, Kara. Very uh, Kitster-esque yeah. celebration. Woo! Yes. I was Woo! waiting on the awkward Woo! high five from mithril Hooray, and guys. grief and I didn't We've get it. We've done it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for a little Rodian um, to come in for a high five that was totally missed. Gotta go back and watch yeah, that yeah. scene. That Kitster gets left out to dry on that high five. Oh, yeah. it's a That high five guy. was horrible. It's hard to see in that mask, though. You know what why I mean? Do you leave, like, why, why, why do you leave here, that cut? Are here. Why do you leave that cut in the final film? You I left Kitster. I mean, you literally ruined this this poor character's to, life to by keep not it real, letting man. him There's connect one in every, with the Rodian. There's one in every crew. You know when <laughs> they should have looked at each other's elbows. 
<laughs> oh, George is like, look hurt. at this, look at this, Rodian, what a nerd. Yeah, the, you know what? That's it. The kid probably like pissed George off one day on set and <laughs> stepped on his new white New Balances or something. Right. And George was like, you know what? For the rest of your life, here you go. You're this guy. <laughs> you don't get a Rodian high five. You look like a dummy. Uh, okay, I love that we just spent some time talking about that because I think about it more than I yeah. should. Oh, yeah. Also, dropping a Sebulba reference on episode oh, he's 16 a of Star he's Wars the worst. Friends. <laughs> With those disgusting feet. Oh, he's think, the worst. I think that what was the mean? first Sebulba it, reference Zabulba. on Star Wars He Friends. always wins. Oh, my God. We'll see a Doug again sometime. I'm sure we'll see a Doug oh, in I'm uh, sure. I'm sure. All right, sorry, so we anyway, got derailed here. Sorry. He's- Hi, this is Kevin Kiner, composer for Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. I'm happy to be a Star Wars friend. Shooter! Or something! Hey, Star Wars friends, it's Josh, your favorite Star Wars friend and the resident John Williams One Percenter. Do you want to be a John Williams One Percenter like me? Well, here's a piece of John Williams trivia to help you push up your glasses at the other 99%. Did you know that John Williams has 52 Academy Award nominations in his career to date? The only other person with more nominations is some guy named Walter Disney? Never heard of the guy. Make sure to... Stay on target and listen to the Star Wars Friends podcast every week for more John Williams content. It's all right. So he's flying, you know, they're celebrating. Mando looks back. He goes, not a bad piece of flying, huh? And then here's where you see the child just go. it up <laughs> Like cough up the blue cookies. So good. Um, and and I, I would say this like you know having kids and and this is my second one like you feed them their bottle or their food and then you're bouncing them on their knee tw- on your knee 20 minutes later <laughs> next thing you get is right. he literally tosses so, cookies yeah yes yep, yes yep, pretty true to form so um but yeah it was uh, a great heroic moment but here we learn Mando's not going to stick around he's got to go he's got to get the child to safety he's got to go find this jedi he needs to go back on his mission uh, before uh, before Gideon catches wind that he's back on Navarro. So um, so he heads yeah, off. Yeah, the sight of um, uh, Moff Gideon's top secret, like making jar people project is not the place to be if you're trying to avoid him, I'm no. sure. Right. Nope. So he heads off, um, you know, which we leave Mithril and Grief and Kara with the lovely Marauder, slightly damaged now, but probably still fetch a good price oh, on the black totally, market totally. Um, and on a free planet now right, empire's gone right no more imperial presence so um you know it, it, we wrap up with grief back in his office feet on the table and feet on the table and he's talking to captain teva again new um, republic who, who, officer captain teva yeah, and this this is I this part was kind of weird because like I I wasn't totally digging the the resistance being like the police I I thought it was more like the resistance was more of a movement against he's not the resistance the well, now he's, he's the, new new the new republic or the new republic yeah. sorry the new it republic. makes sense to me there's still so government I, I was, yeah it makes sense yeah. to me 
Well, and I think what he's saying is there's things popping up out here. We need your help. And the Moff Gideon thing, like he knows there's still these imperial strongholds trying to hang on and they're, they're trying to really snuff it out. Um, so the first order doesn't happen, which spoiler alert, this did not work very well. But. So yeah, they, so right. that's where I think it is. I don't think it's necessarily because he doesn't want to police Navarro. He doesn't want to police what grief does. Grief's like, yo, man, we got this under control. Like he's kind of like he's running his own show. New Republic guy's not telling him what to do. He's just trying to ask him questions about what's going on to, mm-hmm. to Kyle's point to try to figure out what's going on with the Empire, the Remnant Empire, and just eradicate them for good. And I'm down with that. You can, I'm, I'll endorse that version of the New Republic all day. The part I, I was, was a little unclear from, about from, is well, when they saw Mando, they told him, all right, put on, get your transponder updated and go on. And now he's, oh, there was a razor crest here. Where's the razor crest? And he's clearly looking for Mando again. And I'm not, I'm not sure why they decided he was free to go and cool. And now an episode or two later, we are trying to hunt They're him like down again for him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Did they no, let him go to figure out like to follow him, his movements to track yeah. his moves. Cause he's always in the, the, the weirdest situations with different people that they're trying to find. I mean, who knows? Well, I mean, and they don't know that he has the child, right? There's never know, been anything they? alluded to that. Not alluded, but How would they, they know it's possible. Yeah. In, in the immortal words of Mark mm. Hamill, it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know how they would know. Like there ha- somebody would have had to have said something like a spy. Let's say a maybe spy. like a Cara Dune. She's maybe. not a joiner though. That just uh, doesn't feel right. <laughs> <laughs> She's not a joiner blue. <laughs> blue. Why blue? He's wearing orange. Um, I don't even get it. Yeah, why, I, why is he blue? Maybe that's his nickname. Teva's right. well known. I don't, that was never. You're my uh, boy, someone's going to tell me why he's blue. Her blue. Yeah, you're my know. boy, blue. I don't. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah. So um, he's asking uh, Grief Karga a bunch of questions, yeah. and Karga's not. It's like a classic cop thing. Like he was hey, smooth yeah, though. Grief Karga was smooth. Yeah, he's like, mm-hmm. I plead the fifth, mm-hmm. officer. Now, now, do you yeah. think if Carson Teva asked Mithril the same questions, would Mithril have? Oh, he'd have folded like a cheap again? suit. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. It's like, I'll, I'll tell you whatever you want to know. Just get me out of here so I don't have to like <laughs> no, serve another no. 400 years. But of course, the cop is profiling, asking the black guy all the questions. Mm-hmm. Hey, I mean, mm-hmm. you're not wrong. He, did, <laughs> he was. Maybe maybe he asked Mithril first. He could. Or maybe Grief said, don't answer any questions that he asked. Oh, you. I don't know. I think I Mithril know. would fold. I, don't I know. think he would fold. I think he would. I think he would yeah. too. That's probably why he told him, don't talk to him. <laughs> That's funny. But like, I I, get, I don't know. I just, for me, like an X-Wing pilot, I don't, th- to me, an X-Wing pilot is not a police officer. Do you know what I mean? Like he's, he's like a fighter pilot. I know, but, but like, he- you're telling me there's nobody else in the New Republic that you can't send out to this outworld to like do a police investigate. Like, where's that little bug eyed guy from, hmm. uh, from Clone Wars that was doing the investigation with Oh Batman. God! <laughs> Where's no! that guy? Because he's no! he's clearly a police officer. That is his oh, job. He was on the Coruscant worst character. Officer. He was the worst character. <laughs> and please look. Someone look this up. I don't even know how to look that guy. Up. <laughs> I, I had his name at one point. I can't. Remember oh, I need the. Now. I need all of our Star Wars friends listening to look this this creature <laughs> up. Wow, what a throwback. I think that the I think the thing is is this is what they're and what they're trying to do is tie this into the stuff we learned in the aftermath trilogy about how they scaled back yes. the military 
And so you have these guys, you know, working like military police. Like or U.S. Like Marshals. U.N. peacekeepers, yeah. Like back in the um, 1800s, U.S. Marshals. So. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> that, no, Josh, that's a good point, man. I really, I think you're right. I think the more that we get of this, ep- of this series, the more it does tie into Aftermath, which is, I mean, I'll be the first to admit it. I, I hated the first Aftermath book, but after the last two, I've reread the trilogy uh, three times now, and it's just... For anyone listening to this show, if you want to get a better experience out of The Mandalorian, please, please read the Chuck Wendig Aftermath series. I think you're going to really enjoy it. There's so much connective tissue in this episode, too, with Snoke and midichlorians being in the same scene and other things that we haven't talked about yet and this, you know, some of these references. and So good. And speaking of which, yeah, yeah, there's a lot that we do uh, still in this episode. Uh, Mm -hmm. Well, since you asked, it was Inspector Tan Devo. (laughs) (laughs) Inspector Tan, you're right. Tan Tan Devo. This was perhaps the the oddest caricature that you could have ever put into a Star Wars anything. (laughs) His description says police lieutenant. (laughs) That's his job. From Coruscant. um, Yes. Coruscant. And... uh, Lieutenant oh, Tandivo. Okay, someone please make me a figure mod of Lieutenant Tandivo. Mm. I'm I will just proudly display it and it be terrified of it. All right, so we got we've, okay. We've had a let, lot let's of let's, let's keep moving. Let's keep moving cuz we are we're yeah, deep in so, the episode here and we want to we want to So anyway, up. he Teva leaves uh, a marshal's badge or you know. Well, he finds Kara Dune outside outside of yeah, Karga's yeah. office. Yep. yep. Ask her, say, hey, we need some help. You know, if you know anything, let us know. You could join back up with us. She says, I'm not a joiner, Blue. Um, Weird. Like, where we learn, you know, where were you from? Where you, or I hear, I hear you're from Alderaan. And he says, or did you lose yeah, Weird question. The like, whole planet blew up. Right. Like, like, like you lived there. Did you goes, lose anyone? Nope. <laughs> no. He goes, they're all I, in Coruscant. Yeah. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, I lost everyone. <laughs> Like, what kind of question is that? It's a weird, and, it's a weird question. And, you know, he says, I served during Alderaan. Where did he um, serve, by the way? That He said during. He, he was, was probably in the rebellion. Oh, yeah, he served during. Okay. He was in the rebellion. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That's how long he's been. But this whole conversation between these two was, was weird and border. I mean, was, I, got, yeah. I get the point yeah. of it, I guess, but it was... It not, was weird. Not yeah. the best. Well, let's let's be clear. Two says, amateur actors says, trying to uh, to to put the scene together was. I don't was think it was though. even written that that well. The dialogue <laughs> was, was even. No, it wasn't. Before. I'm just trying to. Yeah. Trying to give him a little. He grief. says. Uh, he says, "I'm sorry for your loss," and then he lays the the marshal's badge on the table and like walks away. And I, that's where I was kind of confused. Like, what did she give him? The it's marshal's like a challenge badge coin. He's like looking at it. Like a challenge or, coin. Like, is he a marshal for the new republic on the outskirts, and he gave it to her? I like. I was. It's a weird thing. It has something to do with his service during Alderaan. That was the other thing I thought. Was it a veteran medal? Was it like an honor medal that she served? He he knows that she was she served as well. Uh, and is the new republic uh, handing out veteran medals to to veterans? Is it like the the key that Zori Bliss worked all her life for and just gave to Poe Dameron on a whim? Uh, was it know. very similar to that? <laughs> Uh, I mean, I Rise of Skywalker. It's an it. awkward one year anniversary coming up. Thing. Rise of Skywalker. Anyways, go ahead. <sighs> it was just an awkward, awkward scene. It was. I think. It was. All right. Now let's um, let's get to the good anyway, stuff. We let's get, get to the good, good stuff. stuff. Now we get Come to the good on, stuff. Let's go. So, um, we cut back to clearly uh, it, this spacecraft, this giant 
uh, spacecraft flying over, very reminiscent of a New yep, Hope, where you're seeing the underside of it. it was awesome. Um, it's a uh, Arquitens class uh, command cruiser, um, which we have seen before in Battlefront Two. You've seen it in Rebels um, and uh, in the Doctor Afra comics. That's um, right. This is that spoiler couple episodes that we kind of talked about that was in a Tops card um, referencing Moff Gideon's ship. <laughs> Um, and you really only see the underside. You don't see the top. Um, and, and you all can't see it, but I put a nice little graphic in our notes here that everybody else can see it. But it's a, a sweet, sweet ship. It um, is very cool. But- it's a very cool design. You should look this up. One of our friends, mm-hmm. uh, Scott Manley at DJ SNM on Twitter, um, called the ship Dinky because it's one-fifth of the length of an Imperial Star Destroyer. So it is smaller. Mm-hmm. But he used the word Dinky, which led me down a dark hole Wondering if if the ship's name is actually Dinky, um, Moff Gideon's Dinky, which would not be very intimidating, but also very amusing to me. So that's it lives in my head canon as Dinky until we learn the actual name. So, anyways, go on. Okay. So anyway, you you cut to the ship, and then we go to the bridge, and there's a uh, comms officer there who opens up a relay message from uh, or in a hologram, right, from an individual who now we come to realize is the tech worker from the very beginning when Mando landed in Navarro. Um, he had planted, excuse me, a um, homing beacon on the razor crest. So now they can find Lando or Mando wherever he goes uh, via the tracking beacon. So they're going to chase after, I'm assuming they're going to chase after him now. So once she gets this message, uh, she drops this little nugget of, you will be well rewarded in the new era. Yeah. Like Ooh. that. I like that. Yep. Yep. She ends the transmission. She walks out of the, 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 what do I want to say? The main deck or the deck, right? Goes down the corner into another hall. The door opens and here we see Moff Gideon. And behind him are rows and rows of what we are presumably assuming that these are dark troopers. Now, at first Assuming. look, first look, it, a the scene is shot intentionally dark, so you can't actually mm-hmm. see what these what these things are. But the the when I first watched it, I was like, man, is this like a super Tie Fighter pilot? Like, what is going on? It's a very unique design, and to me, they look like droids. They look like droids. Why would humans kind of do be yeah. put in these weird little cubbies? But anyways, go ahead. I thought Justin. maybe they, they could very be suits Cylon. hanging in the cubbies for people to put on. Maybe it could be. They looked very. The helmet kind of looked very Cylon. It did the way that it did. And and for those that know what dark troopers are, there's three different phases of dark troopers. There's yes. one. Um, the first iteration was very narrow and very skinny. And then the latter two got bigger and progressively bigger and bigger. Um, and this one to me kind of looked like the second version, I guess, more so than the third of the I first because it wasn't as skinny. as I the would first. say it's in between the first and second. If, if, if it is, if it is a dark trooper, you don't know the, we, yeah. So I, I don't know. We don't know yet. So we don't know if this is droids. We don't know if this is um, just suits hanging there. We don't know if it's, um, you know, is he actually, was he successful in putting some kind of force user ability in any of these troopers? 
um, which creates a that opens up a whole other storyline. So, so uh, let, well, let's okay, okay. So we let's just let's let's just break it down here. So Gideon's inside this room. We see these suits. We we're presuming they're dark troopers. So for the the listeners that don't mm-hmm. know what dark troopers are, uh, they are absolutely terrifying creations of the empire now these these were popularized in legends so this is if these turn out to be dark troopers which in the audio version of this if you um if let's say you're hearing impaired or deaf the the description of this episode actually lists them as dark troopers so let's just go off that and say that that, that's what they are so for for Mm. sake of this episode these are terrifying machines okay so they are not easy to defeat they are um resistant to blasters jedis have a hard time taking these things down they can fly through space they are just terrifying machines um and and justin like you said as they advance they get more and more intense so i have a theory on what's going on here but josh i know you're a legends nut too so bust out some some dark trooper knowledge here well, so they're from Dark Forces, and so what that tells me is that in this next episode, or in the episode after, um, obviously, uh, Din needs to find Cal Katarn. I'm into it. I'm into Agreed. it. 100%. Even though Kyle's yeah. not a Star Wars name, so I've heard. Yeah. Allegedly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would love Cal Katarn. I, I'm all for it. Uh, did not lead me down that hole. Watching this episode? Well, that was more of a. Ch- I was being trying to be funny. I don't know, man. I mean, how crazy would that be? Is that the je- is that the Jedi the we're going to meet? Forces. Well, but that's the Dark Forces story, right? Is yeah. Kyle Katarn yeah. was tasked with destroying the Dark Trooper project that was being run by the Empire. So if that's the path they're going to go down, so right, it so let to me it stands to reason. I think it's. I think it's you reasonable. Bring him in. I think you. I, th- I think. Yeah. I think it's reasonable that we see Kyle Katarn. I would love it. I, and it would be a great payoff for those Dark Forces fans uh, for many, many years ago. And here, okay, for the casual listener, Din Jaren is not going to be able to defeat Dark Troopers. Just going to be real with you. Not going to happen on his uh, own. The child, the child by himself, isn't going to be able to do it. Not going to happen. There's no way. Not as they existed in Legends, anyway. Well, let's presume yes, that they correct. exist the same way because. Why else would the Empire, why else would the Empire purge all the Mandalorians, if not to claim all the Beskar to create their Dark Trooper uniforms? Why would we not think that Moff Gideon would be behind that project, maybe as a former Mandalorian, maybe as a former member of the Death Watch, knows the properties of Beskar and creates these Dark Trooper um, outfits, whether they are manned by a a human or a Force-sensitive individual, or they're just purely mechanical. That Beskar is going to be highly uh, disruptive and very impossible to defeat. Can it deflect lightsabers? I don't know. Um, we'll find out. I mean, these was they're it? clearly setting this up for a huge battle. And I thought it was a different metal, though. At least in the Dark Forces right, but, game. But, I thought it was a different metal that was like lightsaber resistant, specifically. Yeah, so... It couldn't cut through it, and and I don't know if Beskar is supposed to be that same. Mace metal, Windu right? did like, not cut vertically; cut horizontally. <laughs> uh, so we don't know. Have you ever seen a lightsaber cut through Beskar? I have not. I, I don't I, know. I thought Beskar Beskar was supposed to be able to resist a glancing blow from a lightsaber, but not like a direct strike, according to like literature. I don't know that we've ever actually like seen yeah. it, but You're I right, think. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I think 
if they made these things out of Beskar, that would put them, that would back them into a little bit of a corner because we've established that Din's Beskar essentially makes him invincible. If you hit him in the armor, it, it doesn't really do anything. So are then, are we making these villains that literally cannot be beaten then? Or are we showing, or are we making the main character more vulnerable? You know what I mean? Like if you're able to beat the best car in the, in the dark troopers, then you're able to beat the best car in the Mandalorian as well. And that's like a can of worms to open just from like a practical storytelling standpoint. Yeah, I mean, so maybe the lightsabers do work. Maybe that's where we have to get uh, a Jedi involved in this. That's a battle. lot of dark troopers for one mm-hmm. lightsaber. Yeah, uh, I got a couple ideas. So, so in in um in the expanded universe, because I don't call things legends. Oh shit, you're um, right. I don't either. I, I it must be something that I did <laughs> off break. Uh, got me thinking. It crazy. was <laughs> so the the metal was um that they used was called Frick. That's terrible it. name that's and it. it so yep. and it was it was one of few lightsaber resistant substances known Frick! yeah so that's a, is yeah, that is, i mean that's like the new that's the new new slang they're gonna bust out in the last any episodes. relation to babu <laughs> spelled differently, spelled ba- differently. Ba- babu is really lightsaber resistant he himself is, he is <laughs> he cannot be cut down no, by sir. lightsabers. no sir what's the crazy metal they were <laughs> shipping they made the um the death star out of do dunium or dunium um yes interesting yeah that didn't hold up too well um that's like aluminum uh, they just needed so much of it they're like oh yeah let's throw some aluminum on here some dunium uh aluminum mines of lothal (laughs) yeah made it shiny (laughs) all right all right sorry (laughs) but this opened up a whole other world of stuff like a like there are a number of different ways that you can go with this um both in what we were seeing in the pods and with the dark troopers, because clearly whatever the dark troopers are, are done. I've got some questions. We, we think, right? Yeah. But whatever's in the jar is not done or, or failed experiments or something. So is what was in the jar in the dark trooper no. or are they two completely separate? Yeah, projects? That's what I was going to ask. Do you guys think these yeah. are one project that separate. go together? Or you think they're separate. both separate? It's separate because it. I think they're separate. It leads you to more interesting storytelling devices and a larger world. It's a, it's in, and then yeah. they, they are dropping the seeds to connect the sequel trilogy. I don't know, and I'm not, I don't want to be one of those people, but I do feel that there's probably a, a very loud behind the scenes contingent in Favreau and Filoni's ear that, hey, we, and listen, I don't, I don't know. I'm just speculating. Maybe they're like, yo, the sequel trilogy didn't do what we needed it to do. Clearly, Mandalorian's magic. How do we how do we fix some of these things? And I think that that is a logical breadcrumb to get from Empire and Emperor dying to Operation Cinder and enacting this plan to create a force sensitive proxy until the Emperor is strong enough to rebuild himself. Um, there's all these cloning experiments going on. I'll just ask Beaumont. He'll tell you. There's all these things happening, and I think that it is a separate experiment. I do believe that 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 is Snoke. It is a it is a jellied version of Snoke, and they will get it right. I think that they will get it right, and we will eventually, before the Mandalorian series is over, we'll get Andy Serkis back in a in a in a mocap suit. 
I do. I truly believe that that is going to happen. Mm. And it will be fucking awesome. It will be a redemption of a worthless villain who was given a very inglorious send-off. Um, and we will hopefully see Snoke in a powerful form that I thought we always should have seen. An origin story. And I just talked last week on the Geeky Waffle. I hope he shows up in the cabbie hat. That's my only that's my only wish. I want to see him you in his little caveat. You don't you don't think that was a version of like ninety nine no. in the jar? No. I don't think it no. has any But we saw Tamara Morrison in No. Stop you don't, it. You don't, you don't. <laughs> oh, I don't okay, so you're not being serious. <laughs> you getting no, where I'm going no, with this? I do now? believe hundred percent it is Snoke. <laughs> I do I think it's part of Operation Cinder and Moff Gideon was the most badass of badass moths left over and was a scientist or whatever called collector he's eclectic like thrawn and does all these weird things um but part of that is to rebuild or build these or create these experiments to try to get that force sensitive ability into a being which is the emperor's plan to have a proxy it just makes sense it just makes sense and mm-hmm. i really hope that we get to see the connectivity between the return of the Jedi to rise of Skywalker. Cause once again, resistance didn't do a great job of it, uh, bridging those two eras. And I really hope that this show does get into some of that territory. First order origins. I mean, we're getting there. Mm-hmm. We're real close and I'm very excited about this. It was cool to see the, it was cool to see the science officers. Again, yes. though, Because when you, when you first opened up, you could see two science offer officers uh, there. You can see the symbol um, on the back of, their jacket and their or their outfit and that outfit was very yeah. similar to what was in Rogue One. Yes, um, when they were building uh, the de- the Death Star, um, but it's part of the Imperial Department of Military Research, which is also from Legends. Yes, so, it's pretty which cool. I love and tied to the yeah. Dark Trooper program. There you mm-hmm. go. Yep. So I think it's inevitable, Kyle. Katarn. I think it's inevitable. <laughs> I am. Uh, That's why I say like the next episode's called the Jedi. Maybe. Ahsoka is not the one that you're meant you're to going see. Well, she's to a citizen anyway, so she is a citizen. You're going to need a Jedi <laughs> to defeat the dark troopers. Um so speaking of which, are we or is there anything else we want to cover on this episode before we speculate about what we're gonna see here in a day? My only other thing that I thought is that if Moff Gideon and his people are tracking the Razor Crest and the X-Wing pilots are hunting down the Razor Crest. At some point, Showdown. could those two things meet up and we've got like a giant space battle while we've got the Dark Trooper battle, while we've got maybe a, a Dark Saber lightsaber battle and all kinds of stuff going on. So you you read my mind, Kyle. I think that this inevitably, whether it happens this season or next, is gonna is going to be the Star Wars Avengers Infinity War moment where we are going to get a grand epic epic battle of unbelievable proportions we didn't get it in rise of skywalker we heard the disembodied voices of jedi and i was very disappointed with that and i really thought we were going to get an on-screen visualization of these these uh jedi and we didn't i mean force ghosts exist i want to be clear uh force ghosts exist and could have been used in this uh film besides luke skywalker but I don't want to harp on that. I I think I want to look ahead to your point, Kyle. We are going to get an epic showdown. The only way you defeat the Dark Troopers and Moff Gideon is to recruit the Night Owls, to get Ahsoka, Ezra Bridger, Thrawn. You get all of these parties together. Kyle fucking Katarn. Get them all together. And the New Republic to battle the last of the Empire. 
and put them put them to bed for good. And I think we will see that if not this season, next season, and then you're going to get your introductions to the first order. So this is the final wave of the empire that we've known, and it's going to be huge, and it's going to be a big challenge. You're going to need all hands on deck. Uh, and I don't think those hands include Luke Skywalker, which um, we can get to. We can talk to. I got a Luke Skywalker thing too, but <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's an Avenger-style showdown, and I'm here for it. I wanted it in Rise of Skywalker. We're going to get it in Mandalorian. Um, that's what I think. So, yeah, I think the New Republic is going to be heavily involved with this. Sorry, it's went down a few different places, but that's what I think is going to happen. And I'm and I and I cannot wait. I cannot wait. It'll be interesting because this episode's back to what, like forty five minutes? Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. yeah, it's a longer yeah. episode. So Give me some of them long episodes. There, oh, need them. There need will em. be a lot to unpack in this next episode. So, okay, next episode. The Jedi. That's what it's tentatively called. We know that he's on a quest to Corvus to meet Ahsoka Tano per Bo-Katan. I think that we will see Ahsoka Tano. I think we will see Ahsoka Tano in the white robes to hide potentially a, a weird um, CGI or uh, costuming issue that might not translate well on, on, on live action. What you Ahsoka got, could have an apprentice of some type, too. We don't even exactly. really know. Yes. Yes, mm. could have Sabine Wren. They could have completed their quest to find Ezra Bridger and Thrawn. We could encounter an entire camp of of Ahsoka acolytes or whatever, just part of that crew. I don't know, but I think that we're probably going to see a robed Ahsoka to maybe hide some of the CGI. And I'll be I'll be the first one that'll say I'll be super happy if they don't have the robe. If they can find a way to pull this off that looks great, I'm into it. But I think when we'll see Ahsoka in full glory battle mode. It'll be fine to have CGI because the motions will be so fast. It'll kind of blur maybe some of the Togruta uh, headtails that might not translate well to live action. So anyways, I think we're going to see Ahsoka. I think we're going to get a breadcrumb, if not a full appetizer of Ezra Bridger. And I'm not saying this because Rebels is my favorite uh, is my favorite Star Wars story. I'm saying this because it's logical. Whether or not we see Ezra on screen, I think that's the next clue to locating the child's planet. I think that Ezra and Thrawn on the Pergil went into undiscovered regions, uh, places that only they knew, and that's where the Yoda species is from. It's often that unknown, uncharted, Pergil-esque uh, place. It's not any star chart, right? That's why the species has never been discovered. Um you know, and is very force sensitive, like the Purgles are. So Ezra knows the way, Ezra knows the path. And I think Thrawn will make an appearance in the Mandalorian as a converted uh, member, a anti empire. I think Ezra will have worked some type of magic or. Listen, we know from reading the books, at least, that there is a good side to Thrawn, that there's a noble side to Thrawn. Well, his alliance to the empire was basically contractual. And, and like, to spy and, on them. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I wonder, because the deal he made is with the Emperor specifically, if I remember correctly. Right. Yes. Like, I wonder if he could justify, yep. like, the Empire's fallen, the Emperor's gone. I'm kind of, like, free of that obligation now. Yes. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. Go ahead, John. Do you guys know that Exegol is super close to to uh, the Chisholm world. Like, super Does, close. How quick can Lando get there, though? 
Well, no, I'm just thinking like the now the empire plot. has become a threat. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, so Josh, you're, you're getting onto my next idea. You know, Thrawn's converted is with Ezra. We talked about that Avengers scene. Why can't we see the Chiss ascendancy? How badass would that be in live action? Come on. That'd be a lot to explain to your your lay viewer. I know. I'm just come on. Let me have the the more are, you bring. This is like the most popular show on Disney Plus, and like one of the most popular shows on television right now. It, the it, it's going to be hard for them to throw in like super deep cut stuff. And agreed, make agreed. It but I do, but I do feel we will get those two characters, and we'll get Sabine Wren. We'll get a tie in to the Rebels. We'll I would it. love to see Sabine, and I think Sabine it would be makes hard sense. To leave She's her a Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just want to know: Are we going to get like a hot Thrawn? Very much oh. like we got hot. Is Callus. there a not hot Brosnan. Thrawn? <laughs> I mean, we had a we had a hot Callus when he went to the Rebels. Are we going to get a hot Thrawn when he goes to the <laughs> I'm Resistance? About to eat a hot Thrawn Thrawn after hot this episode. His hair is going to be hanging down in front of his eyes a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I, I truly I do think that we're gonna get that story explained in this, not in animated form. If it happens either way, I'll be happy. If it doesn't happen, I'll still be happy. This is a great. This is a I great think it's just I think it's they're starting to mix in like we said more video game stuff and you know some stuff from other areas. I think they have to be very careful too to not go crazy, right, and pull in a lot of stuff that, to your point, the the casual viewer yeah, is not yeah, you're going right, to you're know right. or understand and as soon as you do that they're going to go who the fuck are these guys well and you can explain Ooh, anything yeah, but you, can explain you can't explain it. 50 things you know? right i am no jedi right. i am no jedi but i know a jedi who can help you get there his name is ezra mm-hmm. bridger and ezra learned the path of the unknown regions uh if josh roll your eyes but i'm just i don't know man like what are, what are your thoughts i don't i don't Go ahead, Josh. Who is going to be the guide to get the child to the home planet? Hello there. I'm Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, hey, hey, Obi-Wan. Um, you good there? You good there, bud? Put him in, my friend. I'm, I'm, I'm just introducing myself in the Star Wars Friends podcast. Well, yeah, but I'm. You do know that you're me, and and, and I'm you. How do you mean, my friend? Well, you know, I'm I'm voice acting you. Your voice. You kind of live up in my head. Right, but I'm Master Obi-Wan. Can you just let him do his bit? Like, I, I don't think you see what he's trying to do here. Like, what he's telling you is that you live in a space in this kid's brain, this little 18-year-old's brain, and you're not actually real. I, I fail to see how that's the reality, Anakin. Frankly, I'm I'm confused. Well, well yeah, Obi-Wan, I, I get that you're confused. Can, can we just cut to the... Uh, no, no, my friend, I need to figure this out. By the end of this podcast, I will have figured out who I am what I want, what I'm going to do. R- right, no, no, I, I, I get it. I do. Um, I, I just think you're kind of dragging this little section on like a long time, probably longer than the Star Wars Friends podcast wants it to go. Well, d- do, do look, I, 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 Obi-Wan, you're confused. I get it. These are confusing times. Unprecedented, maybe. I'm sure you've heard that word before and you'll probably hear it a billion more times. Master Obi-Wan, I think what he's trying to say is that you should just be happy to be here on the Star Wars Friends podcast. It's a good day to be a Star Wars friend. Can we just, like, move on, please? Well, uh, all right, Anakin. I, I suppose that would be a, a good idea. <laughs> hey, I'm Kevin Cabral, and you're watching the Star Wars Friends show. Happy to be a Star Wars friend. 
Well, where if we're t- that's so good, it's not gonna be Ezra. If we're taking the child to the Jedi, the Jedi are gone. Like, what's the ultimately Luke what is Skywalker. even the goal? Luke Skywalker is a Jedi active in this time, and we could would Ahsoka Tano say, "Oh, this is the same species as Master Yoda." I don't know much about the species, but I know of a Jedi Master is restarting an academy to teach the Jedi ways. His name is Luke Skywalker. And then we find the Mandalorian going to Luke Skywalker for some capacity. They've recast Han Solo. Drops off the child. He gets murdered a couple and Solo years kills later the by child. Ben Solo. Okay. <laughs> there's a lot of different ways it I don't can know. go. It's, just, it's hard because there's, yeah, there's a lot of different ways it can go. There are still Jedi out there that survived and we don't know who it's going to be. But yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. It's hard to, to throw Ezra in there and Thrawn in there and all these characters from Rebels when I still think they will get their own series at some point that's going to give the, more backstory. No doubt. The, but not the bigger action. bang for your buck is Luke Skywalker appearing in a Disney Plus live action series. If they can figure out a way to do that the right way, that is your biggest surprise, biggest bang for your buck. But that is not where my brain's going. there Because I can't figure out a way that they can do it correct that it's not going to be weird mark hamill like harrison ford is incredibly iconic they've done it they've had the guts to do it before holy i mean i I haven't been able to wrap my head around that possibility i think we've all kind of been like oh yeah luke's impossible you can't do it you have to talk to him on a hologram or do a i mean you'd, you'd to make it work really you'd have to kind of fudge it some way i mean they could cgi like they did for leia carrie fisher but which the technology is probably improved um but i i really think that ezra bridger is the pathfinder and maybe there's an episode called the pathfinder and it's gonna it's going to i mean listen how i mean that would just be incredible that would be incredible i don't know i guess we'll find out tbd well Another thing I've, and I don't, this is like sort of off subject, but I've seen it floating all over the social medias um, about Rex popping up and then people saying, well, Rex would definitely be dead by now, which I'm, I don't feel like there's a reason why Rex would pop up unless he's hanging around Ahsoka for some reason. But he, if he fought at the battle of Endor and survived that, there's no reason to believe that he would definitely be dead by now just a few years later right or am i confused about that for some reason if you're in fighting shape five years before it's a hundred percent plausible that you'd still be alive yeah yeah, yeah, i agree so that's why i was i was shocked to see so many people like like i saw this a lot of times that's why i'm bringing it up that like oh rex is definitely dead by now but that's i think it if he is dead now, you'd have to explain to me why more than just saying it's obvious that he's dead, because I think it's more obvious that he's at least alive. Did he die on Endor? I mean, the rebels uh, epilogue just said he served at Endor. didn't say he got served on a platter and smoked by a scout trooper. I mean, that could be possible. I guess it's possible, but I, it's I possible. can't imagine that they would say he served in Endor and not that he died or that that would be his like, <laughs> oh yeah, and Captain Rex died on Endor and like blah, 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 Went blah. Went out fighting, but. guns blazing. So anyways, I don't, I didn't mean to bring down the room with my, uh, with my linear and logical as a Bridger theories, but um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. That's what we're here for. Crazy hat yeah. theories. Crazy tinfoil hat theories. We'll see Ezra. We'll see Ezra. Maybe not. <coughs> oh my god i'm so i'm so excited i'm coughing my head off um we might not see him this episode but we will see ezra bridger 
That's my that's my mm. prediction. I think we'll see him this episode. I'm gonna I'm gonna literally uh, ink all over myself just, if that's the case. I'm just so excited because like I don't know. No one knows. Like, the store. No, it, like it's so crazy. Like I don't even know where he's. Like I was not expecting Dark Troopers. No, no, at that's all. wild. It's super wild. Or or the cloning period in at the end of this episode. I was not expecting that at all. Like no. at all. So it's it's so cool that this kind of just takes you on this wild ride that you have no idea where it's going. Like train has completely derailed. Like we can throw out theories all we want. Filoni's well, gonna go. Ah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, you thought I was gonna do that. So, huh? so th- there's your thing. The the person who is starting off this new wave of Mandalorian storytelling, a hidden a cloak of mystery, is Dave Filoni. Who better to do that than mm-hmm. Dave Filoni? This is gonna be nuts. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be nuts. Can't wait. Oh, uh, Josh, I didn't know if you had anything there. I saw you stroking your beard, pondering, um, pondering. I, well, I had something, and then I lost it. I think I'm going to watch The Irishman this weekend to see how the de-aging technology looks. I haven't watched that movie yet. Um, I haven't I watched it either, the whole actually. Evening, but. I mean, the 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 like I said, the biggest mainstream, we want to talk about the opposite of my theories, which is mainstream. We want to we get to the, the Dark Vader fans. Um, your Luke Skywalker and R2-D2 are your bridge to a, an even more impressive feat from a technical standpoint, story writing standpoint. Um, I mean, holy smokes. I don't think they can do it, but if they... I mean, that's that's the magic of Star Wars. I'm thinking that they can't do it, and they'll prove me wrong, and then I'll just be blown away. So, we'll see. I think see. they could technically do it. I don't know if they would do it. I don't know if it would make the most sense. But I, 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 I'm, I truly have no idea though. What, yeah. what yeah. the baby Yoda obviously has to have some sort of ride off into the sunset end on this, like where they're not trying to write his future because then for the rest of time you'll have like, well, where was he when this and this happened in the sequel trilogy? For sure. But they're, cause they're not going to kill him. So well, the other thing is, cause I was just thinking about that too, is that's going to be, if you drop him off, you know, it, are you setting him up to die? Or are you setting him up to not being it around in the sequel trilogy for no reason? But if he's 50 and still a can't speak, can't take care of himself infant. Uh, I mean, 20 more years when he's 70, it's very possible that during the events of the sequel trilogy, he is still a, a small child and not yeah, up toddler. to like assisting the resistance or whatever, you know? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot to I, think I don't, about. I, you know, yeah. it, it, the aging is not explained. No, but no. Well, you, if I you, think you could make that work. If you've made it this far in Star Wars Friends Deep Dive of Chapter 12, uh, congratulations. I hope that you are going to at me at known as Chris and tell me why uh, I'm so miserably wrong about Ezra Bridger, but uh, I'm not. I'm not. Mark my words. So, no, for real. Uh, this is always fun. Deep dives are always crazy. We 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 do the best deep dives in the podcast game, and it is Thanksgiving Day. If you're listening to this episode, I uh, hope that you've enjoyed this and you start thinking about your own Mandalorian spoilers around the Thanksgiving dinner table. Uh, that would be and tell us what they are. Hit us up. Tell us what they are. So yeah, let me know. I would come like to, to live know. chat and tell us. Yeah, come to live chat. Uh, Friday night, seven thirty p.m. Eastern time. But is there anything else we want to talk about this episode? Any other quick theories, or we want to blow this thing and go home? We better blow this thing and go home. We better because I got uh, I got some dank ferric I gotta eat. So I gotta eat You're something. Clear, kid, yeah, now so let's show. Go home. You gotta really.
this. There it is, Deep Dive, episode 60 of the Star Wars Friends, and we are rocking and rolling with all the crazy theories. We got to keep them coming. I mean, this is so exciting. I haven't been this excited for Star Wars since, uh, I guess, the beginning of chapter or season two. So uh, I don't know what to expect. I'm very excited. I'm actually a lot more, I'm, I'm anticipating this a lot more. Ahsoka Tano might be on deck for us. Might not. Might not. You don't know. But might be on deck for us. Live action. Never thought I'd see it in my life. Never thought that they would go that far. But here we are. And we're just a day away. So hopefully you have as much excitement as we will watching it. Of course, you know we're going to recap it. We're going to recap it Friday night after the episode premieres. So it is full of spoilers and screenshots and all that fun. Join us in the live chat. 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time for Razor Crest Reacts on YouTube. You can search Star Wars Friends Podcast or on our Facebook. Or you can find that at SW Friends Show. SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, the whole deal. Show at StarWarsFriends.com. Man, covered a lot on this episode. Covered a lot. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Took a few sidetracks. Interested to see the final runtime. <laughs> the final runtime is going to be about two hours and 15 minutes. Uh, feels like feels like a video game where if they made it this far they unlock an achievement <laughs> you get a badge if you finish this episode right you get yeah, a badge <laughs> I definitely get a badge for me so where they can find me online at no one is Chris where can they find the rest of you this is Josh and unlike those TIE fighter pilots on Navarro I do have a little maneuver <sighs> and I didn't get blown up but you can follow me <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter Whoa! Battle of Tanab <laughs> Uh, this is Justin, and I'll apologize for my F-bomb earlier right now, because I don't normally swear on this show. I think that was probably the first time ever. I can't so, believe you fucking uh, did that. I, this is an R-rated so show today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, you can find me on Twitter at I am the Bendu. Uh, this is Kyle, and I apologize for nothing, as usual. You can find me at <laughs> KB underscore legend on Twitter and Instagram, whatever else. Yeah, this is uh, one of those one of those fairly common uh, R-rated, PG-13 rated Star Wars Friends podcast. So we keep it genuine on this show. Uh, I also going into the holiday weekend. Things getting spicy. What can I say? A little spicy, mm-hmm. a little loose, a little, a little pumpkin spice. Ooh, a little pumpkin spice razzle dazzle for you. So with that being said, we are launching into the gravy, and hopefully you are too. We'll join you for Chapter 13 of The Mandalorian next week on Star Wars Friends. But you can find us, Razorcrest React, 7.30 p.m. Friday night, let's rock. We're going to end this in classic fashion as we always do. May the Force be with you. Always. Whoa! (laughs) Later. Bye. Yeah, that was a long one. Hey, friends, don't forget to subscribe to the Star Wars Friends podcast and leave an awesome review on whichever podcast app you're listening on. Catch up on past episodes, fun interviews, and more at StarWarsFriends.com. Connect with the Star Wars Friends on social media at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email the show at show at StarWarsFriends.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, may the Force be with you.